All right, welcome back to the BMX in our blood. Before I get going, I wanted to quickly give a shout out to Dan Barry, not like Dan Barry, Connecticut, Dan Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. Thank you, Dan, for the donation through the podcast website, thebmxinourblood.com. Dan was nice enough to to make a donation there that will be used for the fundraiser on July 20th and 21st. So I wanted to let you know that the sponsors are, are starting to starting to uh, kick in, which is pretty awesome because I sent out the letter maybe a week ago. But uh, here are a few that we have so far. We have Shadow and Sabrosa, Kink and Cinema, Circuit BMX, Eastern Bikes, Profile and Madeira, Jaunt, Empire, and FBM. And FBM is sponsoring the jump line. So that'll be that'll be fun. Definitely makes it a an even more successful event while we're trying to raise money. When these when these companies uh, dip into their already tight budgets and and still send out what they can. So thank you to those folks. It uh, it makes a difference. So I also wanted to thank Powder Ridge, of course. Powder Ridge in Middlefield, Connecticut. They're the ones hosting the jam. I should say the facility that's letting us have a jam there. And uh, they're just great people. So thank you to Powder Ridge, the staff there. They've been uh, awesome. And last, last year was great. And I'm sure this year will be just as good. So yeah, so they'll be camping there this year, which I would really insist that you do because that's going to be a great time to hang out with friends from all around and uh, be right at the event. So when you wake up in the morning, just roll, roll right out to the trails and mountain bike downhill lines and jumping skills area. And uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff that Dave King from Dirt Sculpt uh, has created over the past year there so yeah really looking forward to that this is this my favorite time of the year when we can actually get going on these things and um, and make a difference for the beneficiary that I choose each year and just to let you know the beneficiary this year if you're not aware of it is road to recovery road to recovery is uh, not just motocross although they're probably best known for that they are set up in the pits at all Supercross races. They also have BMX athletes that are in need. So we will make sure the money goes that direction. I think the last thing I really had, actually two more quick things. Uh, the Next Generation Jam was, set up, oh, what day am I on? It was Saturday last weekend. Uh, it was awesome and it would have not been near as awesome without the Hallihans and the Potosnys and especially the wheel mill because they have a great thing going there and I am super happy for really the whole area um, this whole side of the country you could say maybe even further the next generation jam is is really awesome and it's a great way to acknowledge these kids that have have begun to ride or have been riding for a few years but they can connect with a lot of kids their age while doing these fun competitions so um 
awesome job everyone involved I'll have a podcast coming up soon which will be a, a bunch of two or three minute interviews with the kids during the day of the event so keep an eye out for that last thing I wanted to say was thank you to Brant Moore uh, Brant has a YouTube channel under his name Brant Moore he interviewed me which is was kind of strange to me at first because uh, I like to interview other people. So I got thrown in the hot seat. And uh, he went pretty easy on me. But even though he's half my age, he's twice as smart. So, uh, yeah. And it was it was, it was was funny because I've got a face for radio. And he has uh, the hair for Hollywood. But uh, it was a great time. He did a great job with it. So if you have time, go over to YouTube and search out Brant Moore. All you have to do is just type in his name and you will see the interview with me. So um, if if you're into that. Anyway, that is what I've got for you this week. So hopefully we'll see you all soon. And uh, keep an eye out for more interviews coming up that I recorded last weekend. For now, enjoy Jerry Batters of Vans. Thanks, guys. Uh, With that said, I I do want to talk about racing, too. So, yeah, this thing's going perfect. So, Jerry, welcome to BMX in Our Blood. Thanks, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm starting to get a little tired. I don't know about you. Uh, not that tired anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't party all night long like I used to back in the day. So I'm good. I'm yeah. not tired in the morning. Plus I have kids now, so I have to get up early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to interview you. I interviewed scene last year and uh, he's a marketing director, right? At Vans. And, uh, what's your role there? I was the global sports marketing manager over there at Vans, mm-hmm. but now I'm the, um, North American action sports events manager at Vans. Now I took a new role. Oh, nice. So you're still, obviously, that involves events and, and all of that. Yeah, I'm still involved with the event stuff. I just, I'm involved with, now just not with BMX. I also do surf, skate, and snow events. So anything within, like, the USA, Canada, Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the U.S. Open. Yeah. It's the triple crown of surfing, the pool party. We also have the two Vans BMX Pro Cups, the one in Mexico and the one in Salt, um, and the one in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. And then we have the two Vans Park Series Skate Contest. You know, the one in Huntington Beach, and we're doing one in Montreal, and also we're doing the finals in Salt Lake. So, yeah, I just I just get to do events now, and, you know, I'm, it's, I'm stoked. I'm happy. Yeah. So you, you've added events then to, with this new position. You used to solely be, like, uh, say, BMX Bowl comps, and now you're added surf, for instance, and skate. Or did you did you do something with, oh, my God, they got, wow, that guy fell hard. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we're, there's some visuals here that are going on that are a little distracting. But, uh, no, so, so, you, I, so you, yeah, basically I added on, um, I was always doing events, obviously, for BMX and BMX yeah. events. The last few years I started working um, with mm-hmm. one of my friends, Mario, on the skate side of it and helping with the Vans Park Series, um, you know, and helping that all go down. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, that's obviously awesome. But it was just time for me to, you know, to grow and, you know, I was doing a lot of different jobs at Vans, and mm-hmm. with me moving on, taking my new role, you know, there was opportunity to split my job up into a few different, you know, oh good jobs. So now, like we have Colin McKay, 
Uh-huh. We hired Colin McKay to be the BMX team manager. Oh, okay. And then we also hired Andy Zeiss. He's going to be the Pro Cup consultant. So oh, nice. I work with both of those guys, obviously, right now. And we're still we're in looking for a global sp- global sports marketing manager for BMX. So that role is actually open at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I know we have a few candidates that are up for grabs. And um, yeah, yes, I'm stoked. And I'm always going to be at Vans, and I'll never mm-hmm. let BMX go away. And I'm even happy because now I get to you know work on those events in North America for BMX. And North America is is you know a main part of our BMX business anyway. So sure, I, it's exciting. Before I always built global strategies. Uh-huh. Now I get to help and know maybe make it better for bmx in north america so i'm excited for the new role yeah definitely and not that you're looking for it does this mean a little less travel for you um actually i thought it would be a lot less travel but it looks like it's probably just as much or a little bit Mm -hmm. more but it won't be for as long as periods like sure like this weekend i'm only here for two or three days um Mm -hmm. you know last year and year before i was always on the road with the guys because i had to do the global sports marketing back at corporate but then i also had to travel with the guys had to be with the team we're filming projects like so I was always with those guys for two or three weeks at a time. Yeah. You know, so now it's, I still, you know, I'll, I'll be gone, you know, a lot of weekends, but it's just, you know, two or three days. And mm-hmm. so it's, you know. It's, it's got to help at home because obviously as a, as a parent, I think about probably everything you're thinking about. It's like, damn, I miss my kids. You <laughs> no, know that's, what I mean? that's part of the reason why I took the job. It's definitely some more home time. So let's mm-hmm. say last year I traveled, let's say 200 days out of the year. Yeah. You know, this year will probably be 150. And if something does happen, at least I'll be closer because I'll be in North America. I can get home if, you know, something does happen instead of being in a different country and waiting to get on a plane and taking two days to get home. Yeah, yeah. God, how long did it take you to adjust to being able to, to let go of the fact that you're going to be far away from home? So if something happens, like you're, you're a ways away. You know what I mean? Because um, some people maybe, I know I'd have a hard time letting that go. No, for me, it... And basically, it was around me my whole life. My dad was in the Navy, so we always moved around a lot. Mm. You know, so I grew up like a little Navy brat, right. as all Navy kids do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we moved around. That's why I started racing. You know, racing BMX in Washington, Oregon. You know, up, up there in the north northwest. And oh, then, that's when you started. When you, I didn't even know you were up there. Yeah, I, I started when I was nine years old in Washington. I actually lived in um, what was it, Bremerton, mm-hmm. and we we raced in a track up there, and it was indoor. I want to say it was called Port Orchard. But yeah, I started racing BMX in Washington. Obviously, when I was, you know, like I said, I travel around a lot, so I always had a bike. Mm-hmm. And when I lived in California, obviously, you're spoiled. You know, you get the good, good sun, you get to surf, you get to do everything. And you know, me being a young kid, almost drowned, so I didn't really take surfing that well in the ocean. Yeah. I was like, man, that that's crazy. And then I always BMXed, and right. my bike broke up in Washington when I was nine, and we ended up going and getting a race flyer from the BMX bike shop and mm-hmm. we went and tried it and it, I, I loved it. I always played team sports and mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, I wasn't the best kid on the team, but I, you know, I was all right, pretty good. And right. it just sucks when you lose, you get sad. And you know, if it was on you, you're like, damn it, I blew it. Yeah. But then if it was on somebody else and you know, you always like, man, they lost it for us. And yeah, BMX yeah. was cool. Cause it was my way of reaching out. You know, you can mm-hmm. do what you want. It was, you know, your own thing, you know, and it, it was fun. It was enjoyable. My parents liked it. I liked it. And, you know, mm-hmm. I started at the age of nine, so it was definitely, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be where I was today if I didn't race BMX. Yeah, and I, I definitely wanted to highlight that because, as you know, you know, as, as we all get older, you're in your 40s, right? And I'm 48, so we're, we're at that point where a lot of these kids, I say kids, that's anyone under 30 now for me. <laughs> it's their kids. But they, a lot of them don't know the history of you and BMX, which is, which is really 
it's a strong history and a, and a fun history. And I had the same conversation a year ago uh, interviewing Robbie Morales because a lot of guys don't realize, yeah, he, he won super class. I think, they were, yeah, it was super class at that time at uh, at the NBL Grants, which was a big deal for him because that was stacked. It was it was hard and he won it. And a lot of people don't know that. So I want to talk about you because you, you won a lot. I, I no, it I, seems I, like you. It seems like you won a lot. I I did win a lot, and I remember Robbie winning that race. Um, obviously, I grew up in the West Coast, California, racing mm-hmm. ABA, and I feel like the ABA the competition was a little bit more. The kids were a lot faster there in ABA. Um, you know, and I started racing NBL maybe I can't I think at the age of fifteen. Okay. And I I liked the NBL. For me, um, the tracks were a lot wider, a lot bigger. You had a big starting hill. Yeah. The jumps were funner, like. Yeah. You know, and obviously I, I did better in, in, in NBL mm-hmm. um, than I did in ABA, but I think ABA, the competition was, you know, better and it made me faster, but what's funny, I look back at it now and ABA riders were, to me, like jocks, you know, they were very strong, tough, yeah. you know, and they mm-hmm. weren't really the best, smoothest BMX riders and the NBL kids, you know, I'll agree on the East Coast, mm-hmm. they had style, you know, they may not have been the fastest, but they had style, you know, there's a lot of kids like Ronnie, that race, I remember he wasn't the fastest, but man, he had the best style. I, I, I didn't have style, you know. Gasket I, I, or yeah, Gasket. Yeah, like yeah. I wish I had, you know. There, there's Timmy. Yeah, yeah directly no, like you know you have Scott Yokelet. Like you have, you have a lot of kids I remember growing up with that. I you know was a little bit faster than those guys, but man, mm-hmm. they had the best bike handling skills. They were so smooth. I remember, man, I wish I could, you know, be like those guys. But instead, I, I was the fast kid. But um, it, it it was cool racing both divisions. You know, what I mean, I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed it, and yeah. At one point, I think I was like 19 or 20, and I think it took me a while to figure out, okay, you got to do your sprints in the street, you know what I mean? You got to go to the trails, like, right. you got to go to the track every day. So I was riding my bike, and at that 18, 19, 20-year-old age, I mm-hmm. I enjoyed it because I think I was getting better, and I was good, and, you know, I kind of knew I was getting good, and I was mm-hmm. cocky back then, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I knew I was good, and if, if you could back it up, you know what I mean? I, it's not like I sucked and ran my mouth and couldn't sure. back it up, but... You know, no, no, you were you were <laughs> running your mouth at the finish line. Well, and, and a lot of people remember this because it's online because they had what was it the Road to Glory series? Yeah, it was Road to Glory. I, I remember it. it was uh, what was it? 1995. Yeah, I actually just watched it last night, which is funny. And um, you and yeah, Dougie Luden were, yeah, were Dougie close Luden. in points. Yep. Like whoever won won. Yeah, won right. Yeah, we and Dougie Luden were close in points because I remember he went to like they had these other things called like regional nationals or oh, yeah. something where there was like five or six nationals in the same weekend. And I remember um, back then, obviously, your parents and you would chase points and go to the, you know, the races where you can accumulate the most yes. points. And within NBL, there was always a way for kids to go untied, and you know, which which is awesome. It, it made is. it for a better experience at the NBL grounds because nowadays, you know, I think ABA's going the NBL now. But back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, ABA you can top out at six mains, and you know, your best score was fourteen forty or whatever plus rider points going in. Right. And if another kid got six, basically, you didn't have to attend any more of the races. Yeah, yeah. But what they would do, they would attend them so the other kids couldn't get the wins. And, you know, NBL-wise, you just go to get your five wins, I think, and then you could chill and relax until the NBL grands. And That's what it was. But, yeah, so it was me and Cough Drop, and he had he was a commentator, which is funny. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think right, he was commentating up to when he went for that main, right? To yeah, 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 yeah. Main. Yep. So, uh, so obviously the commentator is going to be like, "Hey, our, our commentator is going to his what, co-commentator, however you say that." Um, but yeah, so so back to that one. That was like, it, that was it was. It's funny when you look back at it, but yeah, I mean, I think the reason you won is you 
you were intense, right? Like you, you yeah, wanted, it was intense. You, you wanted it though. I wanted it, and it's funny because my dad was there, and you know he was in the porta potty. And he ended up. I forgot who were the the two riders, but that was Dougie and somebody else, or I can't mm-hmm. remember who it was. But somebody was figure out how to wreck me or what to do for me not to win and my dad was like jerry who are these two kids and i'm yeah, like yeah. oh i gotta race those two kids uh-huh. you know so i was just really really mad and it just pissed me off and after the finish line you know i took off the joke and i was like why you gotta race me you can't even beat me yeah and i guess when i said that they were gonna give me an interview and after mm-hmm. i said that they were like yeah right this kid doesn't get an interview yeah you know it's funny and, and this is why i love talking about this stuff no one knows the backstory yeah, you know what I mean? what I mean. People see what they see and they make a judgment on it, and uh, and I'm guilty of it as, as anybody else. But yeah. once you know the backstory, you're like, oh, that's, I that's why. You know I should have I mean? been I should have been pro too, Joe. Like that, '95, I was probably the fastest in my career. Mm-hmm. You know, I won the worlds in Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I won it in, in what was it, 18, 24 cruiser. Mm-hmm. I should have won it in 18 and over expert. I slipped the pedal. Which in the which, first turn, and those classes were third. no joke because that was eighteen over. Dude, right? there was a lot of kids, like two or three hundred kids. It was, it was big. Michigan, same thing. Did you go ninety four Michigan? No, Michigan. Worlds? Michigan was the year I fell the week before. Oh, um, man, I think my only competition was Greg Romero that year, and I was winning majority of the races, and I, I think I was a favorite to win. Yeah. And I fell the week before. I think it was Pittsburgh was a weekend before, and then it was the yeah. Worlds. And right before Pittsburgh, I was flying out Thursday morning, and it was Wednesday night at Kearney Motor Park. Um, you know, my parents ran Kearney Motor Park back in the day, and that's kind of what know that in San Diego. Yeah, that's what got me into racing. Was you know, like I said, I started in Washington when I was nine, and then we were mm-hmm. driving back and forth. And then by the time I turned 11, 12, we moved back down to San Diego, and we were heavily in the BMX. And there was a track, Kearney Motor Park, yeah. back in the day that like Eddie King, Mikey King. You know, you had Kiyomi Waller, you had like kind of like Sean Texas. It, it had all the San yeah. Diego dogs. It, it was the at Kearney. Yeah, Kearney Motor Park. It, it was a track where all the San Diego kids raced, where all they grew up at. It was how they all got fast. You know, it was it was basically you know the San Diego dogs, Kearney Motor Park kids against the Orange Y, you know, kids up yeah, there, you know, the LA yeah, Orange yeah. County kids, and yeah. So I I grew up looking up to all those guys. You know, Eddie King, Mikey King. You know, you got Kiyomi Waller. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you had um, Sean Texas. God. You know what I mean? So those were the just, those are the dudes I looked up to, and and they were fast. You know what I mean? And yeah, and Sean Texas was big. Sean Texas was big. Yeah. So those were you know those were the Kearney Motor Park days, and and my parents ran the track, and mm-hmm. you know which was pretty rad. And you know, yeah, I I should have like I said I should I should have turned pro. I knew I was fast and good, but I uh-huh. ended up staying amateur one more year mm-hmm. for pro cycles. Uh, oh, right, right. You know, for Dr. Jordan, mm-hmm. he he really wanted to win. You know, we we won the bike shop division two years in a row in the NBL. Yeah. And he really really wanted to win factory team and so you know he wanted to beat the big boys he wanted to beat gt he wanted to be power light he wanted to be yeah. robinson like he he wanted to mm. to win you know i mean he wanted to be cyclecraft like he he wanted right. to beat them all and he was a doctor and he had you know obviously a lot of money and so he he flew us to all the races and he took care of us i remember back in the day he would go to get us breakfast in the morning and when we when he woke us up he'd have breakfast for us and yeah you know, i never never had no one cater to me like that and yeah. you know i ended up getting another aba race kid on the team adrian sosa and he was winning all the young okay. races, so we had, we had a pretty. And then you know you had Kevin, was it Kevin Doherty? Kevin Doherty from yeah. Florida. Yep. Yeah, we yeah. had Stevie, Stevie Harris, or Stevie. We had some fast kids on pro cycles, and we ended up. That was the last year, '95, when I stayed was uh-huh. amateur, and we won number one factory team. Nice. And then that, you know, obviously I should have turned pro, and I didn't. But right after that race, I turned pro. Oh no, '96 I turned pro. So okay. I, I raced for amateur for one more year yeah. to win the factory division. That's right, I mean, in '96. Mm-hmm. So. And, yeah, and that was a that was a question I had. Uh, so you, ra- how long did you race? Uh, 
super, right? And then... Um, I didn't really get to race super class. I, when I turned pro in 96, I raced the East Coast Gold Cup won both days. Mm -hmm. And then I raced the West Coast Gold Cup against Harry Larry and I think it was Eric Roop. It was, a, it was, I got two seconds, man. I should have won. Yeah. But I was too busy screwing around with <laughs> Harry Larry out there like a dumbass. <laughs> You know, he wrecked me one race time, so I wrecked him the next time. I'm like, why am I messing around with this old dude? He's like, yeah, but he right. was fast, man. He was quick back then still. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I think I got two seconds there, and then it was the Fall Nationals, Cold Canyon, that first day, Saturday. Um, then you were single A, right? Yeah, I was still single A, and I had, I'm trying to think of who the fast dude was that I raced. He raced mountain bikes, and he was winning everything. Can't remember who it was, but he got second behind me. But um, yeah, the win back then was like, 1200 1400 a pro because we had so many a pros yeah and when i won i only needed like 800 900 bucks to turn double a and it turned me double a for sunday at cold canyon and it was funny i won the race and then sunday morning i had to race double a and i remember <sighs> my my very first gate drop um yeah. like i remember mike redmond kept announcing hey five more motos until jerry batters comes up five four more and then like all of a sudden i get on the gate and oh my god i'm looking at everybody and they're all standing up everyone's watching the race i'm like oh, i kind of got a little nervous like holy no shit. shit yeah, yeah i would have been with all the pros I, I, I grew up watching, you know what I mean? And then I got, I was nervous to gate dropped and I was, I think second or third into the first turn, yeah. you know, the long right. Yeah, yeah. Slow back turn and I got into third place and hit the next left and then went down the straightaway before you uh -huh. make the 180 and then I remember just hearing Brian Lopes unclip and, and then I was high in the berm and he's yeah. like, see you later buddy and he just, he wrecked me and that's what you did back in the day to a, a rookie double A pro. You initiate him? You initiate him. You wrecked him. He, he initiated me good, you yeah. know, he wrecked me and Right. I think I got seventh rate that race, but then I mm -hmm. got third the next one and ended up winning the last third moto and getting into my first quarterfinal for double A Pro. And oh, you had, still made it out? Yeah, I made it out of the motos, but then I didn't make it out of the quarter. I had like Danny Nelson and all the fast guys. Oh, yeah. That's when I was like, wow, Jerry, these dudes are yeah. fast. Because I remember in practice, you know, you jump in, you know, when you're an amateur, you jump in practice with the pros. and Oh, sure. See, you know, how, you, see how you stand see up. See how you them. stand up, you know. Yeah, and I'm right. not going to lie, I stood up pretty good thinking, yeah, I can handle these guys. Mm -hmm. But now I look back at it like, oh, they were just messing with you, Jerry. They. They were quick. They just Isn't it crazy? they just gave up. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. like, okay, they, you know, and yeah. they were quick, dude. Like they, like I said, I think a lot of the double A pros in ABA, mm -hmm. you know, went to the gym. They trained way harder. You know, what I mean, then the NBL kids. Like obviously, you know, you had, you know, I don't know, you know, you had Brian Foster, you had sure. Neil Wood, you had those guys, but I don't think they. They were all in skill. Yeah, they were skill. They, all skill, they didn't train as much as the other guys. I feel like Nelson and those dudes really, you oh, know, yeah. Gary Ellis, like those guys, they. You know, they Jim, trained, Jim. they did it. And yeah. that's the way I see BMX today. Like, it's like, you know, like I was telling Nick Long, mm -hmm. I see these guys, they're just so fast nowadays. Seats are so low. It's like just a speed mission. They don't bump no more, don't bang. Like, yeah. I like to get vans maybe into doing like a prize purse, you know, I don't know, five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand, or whatever it is to. For a flat pedal? Flat pedal race with these guys and see who can win on flat pedals. Oh, like, it's awesome. totally different race. Like, you're not worried about the upstroke clipped in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you got actually horsepower and pedal. Yeah. but. You yeah. know, and then jumping too, like you're not using your clips to jump, but yeah. we'll, we'll see how things go, you know what I mean? But, um, def it would be cool. I mean, it, it, because obviously we all know that in the years that we raced, all the way up until, I mean, it must have been, well, late 90s. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, everyone was, uh, not everyone, there was quite a bit of, of clips being used, but, uh, it's been a while. It's, it's been a long time, and I blame that whole, you know, switch crossover to mm -hmm. Mikey King and Brian Lopes. Yeah, you know they were the BMX. They were the BMXers. I went mountain biking, and they rode clips, and they liked the mountain biking scene. And you know, then you had Robert McPherson. Yeah, yeah. Come then clipped in, and I raced him. And that's yeah. a funny. Robert beat me a lot in the ABA because the gates were so steep, but then you had no no hill. It was flat yeah, ground. Yeah. 
And but I beat him in the NBL because there was a starting hill, so I can get going. But yeah. you know, and I, you know, before my injury in '99, I tried clipping in. Mm-hmm. You know, I gave like a two month try, and my sprints were faster. Yeah. But at the track, I, I couldn't manual. I couldn't get a starting gate. Like I just, maybe I should have gave it more time, more practice. But I was just like, this sucks. It's not me. Like this isn't BMX. And right. You know, that's why I'm kind of glad I got I got injured. Well, I'm glad and not glad. But in '99 sure. March, I, you know, it was stupid on me. I ended up. You know, I think I had three or four points in Pro Cruiser. Mm-hmm. Going to the third moto, got Kevin Tomko up high, and I ended up, you know, being stupid and fucking giving him an elbow and wrecking him like a dump, you know, dummy. And he fell over the back part of my bike. And when he fell over the back part of my bike, the down tube ended up, you know, snapping my tib fib. And oh, so that's what put me out, you know, March 99. And uh-huh. I went to the hospital, had to have surgery, and they put a rod in me. And right, you know, it was about another year until I could race again, and I just wasn't the same. So I reclassify, you know, to super class. Mm-hmm. And I think I went to the Christmas Classic and won one day and got a second the other day or something. and Or maybe that was super class cruiser but, and then maybe I got fourth and third or fourth and first. And That's not bad, man. Cut. That's a big race. That was a big it race. It was a big race. And I remember I was going against um, the kid from Las Vegas. Dude, I can't remember his name. Little kid. Um, a little fast little kid. I can't remember his name. But he was quick. Yeah. He talked about it. I remember he did an interview or something but talked about mm-hmm. he, um Berkheimer, Nate Berkheimer. Oh, okay. Yeah, he just yeah. turned super class pro, but he was fast, and mm-hmm. you know, I was like I said, reclassified, but I, you know, I wasn't as quick as I was. But it, it was a rad battle, and I remember racing that whole year, you know, uh-huh. of 2000 going into 2001, or maybe it was 2000. I raced that whole year, and yeah, you know, and that's the reason why I quit racing is because Vans offered me a job, you know, being the BMX team manager in 2001. So it was either keep competing BMX or take a desk job, and it took me, you know, about a month, two months to make that decision. I was like, wow, I. Am I going to keep doing this? You know, mm-hmm. you know, or am I going to? I got this job at Vans. What, what should I take? And I ended up, you know. Was it like a Jason Carnes kind of thing where he was managing, but he was also racing when he did it for Redline, I believe. Yeah, that's then 2001. That's what happened when I took the job. But then, you know, after a month of it, I was like, wow, I needed to, to terminate myself. I need to terminate my Vans, my Vans contract because mm-hmm. I had a Vans contract. And I just oh you oh because you were on Vans I was still yeah you, another yeah. year or two years contracted to be an athlete. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of weird to take money and also work for the company. So I had, to, you know, I, I terminated that. And then I just thought it'd be weird spending Vans money to go compete mm-hmm. and, and race and win money at these other things. I felt that was kind of, you know, and I, you know, this is the breaking point for me. I, I knew BMX racing was BMX racing, you know, and it's kind of like football, basketball, baseball. You get your kid in the Pop Warner or Little League. And, yeah. and I kind of saw the freestyle movement. Like, mm-hmm. wow, this is where it's going. This is where the, the, the kids want to do the things. Like, you know, you can only ride your BMX race bike at the BMX track. Because I remember I had a yeah. separate bike for dirt, park, and street. Mm-hmm. I wasn't good at, you know, dirt, park, or street. But I remember my dad had a special bike, you know, that was chromoly and had the bigger, you know, wheels and tires. And yeah. it was beefed up so I wouldn't ruin my race bike. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, but I, I wasn't that good at the other three sports. You know, I was good at racing. Yeah. But I always enjoyed it. And I so I knew... The movement 2001, 2002 was going that way. You know, when I took yeah. over the job, you know, I waited for like a lot of the BMX riders, race athletes contracts to expire and then we just didn't renew them. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I knew Dirt Jump like Corey Nastasio and I, and I knew things sure. were moving forward. Like, you know, Alistair Witten, you know, you had mm-hmm. Gary Young, you know, you had Mikey Aiken back then. Like it was, a, it was a, you know, that yeah. year was good. And then 2005, six was Ryan Gutler. You know what I mean? Like I, I knew freestyle was going to be on TV, obviously because of the X games. Mm, right. You know, and right. I saw it happening, and, and, and I did make that switch because we were heavily, I think we were paying nine or ten BMX racers then. Really? In like 2000, 2001, yeah. Wow. 
And we were only paying, like, I think Jimmy LeVan, Cornish Styles. We were only paying two or three dirt street riders. I think we had maybe one dirt Cornish Styles deal, and Jimmy LeVan was our street rider. And we didn't really have that mix. And then when I took over, you know, I told everyone, hey, we need, to, we need to get rid of some of these BMX racers and yeah. get more street, dirt, vert kids because, right. you know, the, right. there are more categories in BMX. It just wasn't race. Yeah. And at that time, oh. Terry Tanet and, and Pete Longhervik were long gone from Racing Pro, right? Yeah, those are the guys so, I looked up to. Actually, I think it was 90, 99 or 2000 when I was actually, I think it was you, 2000, I was injured. I was A-Pro, and me and Terry Tanet actually flew to Oklahoma to race the ABA Grands. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't race. I remember taking care of Terry Tanet being like, wow, I'm taking care of this guy. This is the pro I looked up to. Yeah. He actually yeah. tags me every once in a while um, with some photos and stuff. But uh, no, th those guys were definitely like Pistol Pete, Terry Tanet were guys I looked up to for mm -hmm. Vans. They were, you know, big, big role, big idol in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, you had Richie Anderson, Ronnie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Those yeah, were two right. other kids. Like, I remember them, you know, at Phoenix Race where, I can't remember which one it was, but ran into, uh, was it Pistol or ran into the other dude and they fought at the finish line and... Oh. But, uh... uh well, there were, man, there were a couple fights back then. Well, yeah, I remember Greg was, Hill and Greg, uh, Neil Wood. Neil Wood and... and Greg Romero in Phoenix, Neil, too. Yeah, Neil and Greg, right. But no, I, I enjoy racing. I, you know, I, I grew up doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wish I could have been there for the Olympics in 2008. You know, who knows what would have happened. But obviously, right. you know, I have a job now at Vans and I love mm -hmm. it. And I still see, you know, BMX, it, it's crazy. Like, it's not as, I feel like it's not as big. BMX racing isn't as big as it was when I was doing it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's because, you know, kids don't see it as we did back in the day. The bike was something transportation. It was about riding around, yeah. having fun. Right. Now I think kids only do it when they do go to like the BMX track or the skate park. Like it's not like it was when we rode around everywhere. Like we didn't have. Now I think everybody has cars and they drive to it. Back then we didn't have that many cars. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You know, and you know nowadays there's not that much much dirt jumps around. You know what I mean? Like you have to be in a field, and a lot of fields get torn down. And yeah. You know that's why a lot of kids are riding more street these days. Is streets more accessible? It's like you know street skating. It's it's there's a curb in every corner. There's a wall ride everywhere. There's yeah. Just gotta look for it. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and trails. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, people invest so much time building trails, and to see them get torn down is uh, uh, it, it sucks. But you uh, were talking about accessibility at one point um, a few minutes ago, and I I think that's the biggest reason that uh, that you can even turn on if you want to go AC. I don't have AC here. Okay. You don't have these or don't have keys? I was got the keys. Okay, it's all good. Um. Hey, we're going to lose a little more weight. You don't need to. I do. So I'm going to stay in the sweat box here. Uh, anyway, accessibility. I mean, parks are accessible. Uh, street, obviously, major accessible. Uh, BMX racing, is it's harder and harder. It's to get... There's not as many public tracks. And now you got the pump track thing going on. So it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think kids go for accessibility. You know, ease of like how how easily can I just ride today? Yeah, you know, and and that's I think that's uh, hurting racing. But I don't want to get into a whole analyzation of racing. We won't do that. No, because you're you're still gonna always have those race kids. You know what I mean? You're gonna. Mm -hmm. it, it's like like I said, it's like little league baseball. It's like pop winter football. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I I see it as it's that kind of sport where you're getting. You know, I'm just gonna throw numbers out there. Mm -hmm. Let's say there is 5,000 racers out there, mm -hmm. like, there, or 10,000. There's gonna be maybe a flexion of a 500 or 1,000 less, or 500,000 more. Yeah. It's not like it's 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 growing, po po populating. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, but it's uh, like I said, you got the, you know, I, I know in different countries, I know they don't, 
it feels like here in the United States they don't treat it as they would do in different countries like in obviously sure. Norway and Holland and I feel like in these other regions they they, they really embrace it yeah you know what I mean and yeah. it's just our, you know it, it's it's America we, we we have so much things going on here we're so I hate to use the words but we are we're so spoiled we're, yeah. we're so you know there's so much stuff for us to do here like you know we have good weather majority of the time anywhere you go you gotta think yeah. about 30 to 40 50 percent of the, the weather in Europe is always cold icy snowing like it's it's freezing uh -huh. out there right it's definitely not the best place to to be right you know what I mean but you know and you're, like for instance you're not gonna here in the US you maybe have five or ten fast kids yeah, over yeah. there you may have three or four fast kids right you know what I mean but it's right. they're quick you know and that's one reason when I was growing up racing in San Diego when I was at 16 17 18 year age I was like well I gotta get the orange why those kids are a little bit faster. They're a little bit more competitive. Like, you know, obviously, I look back now, like, man, that's how you get better. You get faster. You go against these faster kids, better competition, more. You know what I mean? Because there was a point growing up in Kearney Motor Park, you know, I was that 16, 17-year-old age group, and I was, you know, practicing, like I said, with, you know, the Sean Texas, you know, the Mikey, Eddie Kings, the Kelmy Wallers, and, you know, obviously it was my local track, but when you're beating them to the first turn, right. you're thinking you're just invincible, and then, then you get to the race, and you're not winning every time. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is my home track, so this is probably the reason why I'm doing so good. I need to start going to Orange. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went to Orange, and I wasn't the fastest kid. You know, there's Bogey Givens. There was Inny Lee that was up there. There was, yeah. there was a lot, a lot of fast other kids that were fast at Orange Y. You know, you had... You know, Greg Hill, not Greg Hill. Yeah, we had Greg Hill, obviously, up there. But you had Billy Griggs, I remember, was a pro oh, back right. then. Um, I you, remember him being on the gate with him during practice. You get a lot, a lot, a lot of fast experts and pros yeah. from Orange Y. And that's you know, part of the reason I used to drive up there all the time and obviously mm -hmm. stay the night and go to Sheep Hills. Like, uh -huh. when I was growing up racing, I I liked the jumping part of it, but I couldn't do the tricks. But I knew mm -hmm. that the AA pros then were very fast, but they weren't the best jumpers. You know what right. I mean? Like, they had, you know, for instance, we'll talk about Terry Tanette. He was... Sure. Front wheel up every time, man. That that nose was up, dude. He was not casing. He didn't care what the jump was. He was leaning back, powering. He wanted to land back wheel first so he oh could just, you know what I mean? Like the Terry Tennant pole, you know, just. Oh like he, yeah. And, you know, I, I was kind of the same way in BMX because I, I, you know, got paid to run those Brand X forks, those titanium forks, yeah, like yeah. aluminum ones from Answer. Like, right. it was probably pretty scary for me riding them because I was double A pro and I seen them break. Uh -huh. But I was like, just don't case front tire, Jerry. You're so there's right. times I, I kept the wheel up, you know, but not as much as Terry. But it was, I, right. I, I wasn't the, like I said, the, the smoothest, best rider, but I was pretty good. And mm -hmm. that's why I was like, you got to go to the trails, Jerry. You got to go to the trails. So my, my last few years before I got injured, I, you know, went to Fallbrook. I went to the front yard trails, went to Sheep. I went to all the trails. And I think that helped me because mm -hmm. I can make it through the section. You know what I mean? I think then then that one kind of gave me the respect with the third jumpers because they were like, wow, this this BMX racer is actually hitting yeah. hitting these jumps. You know what I mean? And I think it was a good transition when I got injured, then got the job and started getting dirt jumpers and other guys. You know, I think that was good for me because I think the Vans BMX team wouldn't probably respect me as much if you know maybe I was just a racer. But mm -hmm. a few of them got a little mouthy, a little cocky, and wanted to race me on the track, and we did, and or they raced me around the block, and sure, you know I. I beat I beat him a few times. There's one we went to Phoenix as a race on YouTube that nasty beat me and Scotty Ocolet almost took me out in the second turn. <laughs> but um Yeah. You know it's fun. Like I we may do the race again, you know what I mean? Like I, I think yeah. going to the BMX racing is fun. Mm -hmm. Um a few of my guys asked me about that again, like, hey, we should go back to the BMX races and you know, Vans really didn't attend them, you know, with all, all the S P D things sure. and now that the rules changed to twelve and under can ride normal shoes now. Like yeah. I told my bosses and people at Vans, like, hey, maybe it is time that we get back into it, like you know, these kids are always buying our stuff, but 
they weren't buying as many products, I feel like, but now there's a chance for them to support it more and buy more. But, you know, like you said, it's, it's, these races are hard sometimes to get to. Sometimes they're on weekend holidays and, yeah. you know, when it's a chance for me to spend with my family or, or have a mm-hmm. weekend off, I, not to be mean, don't want to be at a BMX race over the weekend. Right. You know right. I mean, Joe? So that's probably my fault too for us not being in BMX racing as much as we should. But I've always been involved. I've always sponsored, you know, a team. I sponsored, you know, you sponsored the Harrow team or I used to sponsor. You know, I sponsor some racers. I sponsor um, Brooke Crane. I sponsor Nick Long. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I sponsor the Chase team today. So obviously, you know I mean? it's more like the lifestyle part of uh, Vans. So you so said they're wearing like shirts. And, yeah, they're wearing know, shirts. And, they're wearing our footwear when they're not obviously clipped when, in. You know when mean? they're off the track. Yeah, when they're I mean, off the track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Which is the same deal with surfing, basically, right? Because yeah. there's nothing to wear yep. of Vans while you're out there surfing, but. Uh, as soon as they're done, I'm sure they throw on a hat or a shirt or whatever, right? Yeah, and sometimes they have a sticker on their number plate or they have the logo on their jersey, and it definitely... Oh, on their board, you mean? Um... Oh, for BMX, oh, they yeah. put it on their number plate. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was talking surfing. Oh, also. surfing, yeah, yeah, surfing, yeah. Bolt, bolt, same thing. Yep. Same deal, right? Same throw thing, it on yeah. the board, throw it on the plate. Yep. Um, yeah, well, how did, so how did that job, how did it turn into a job for you? after being sponsored by them or it kind of segued into uh, it but well I got injured in 1999 mm-hmm. and then I was obviously working for Everett Rosecrans the Vans man before that I was helping him out working underneath the table yeah he was paying me to do his job and who we used to think was old by the way yeah. now, now, now we're his age now we're his age he exactly <laughs> he was I think still today he's probably what 60 probably the fittest 60 year old I've ever seen yeah. Um, yeah and he surfs a lot too right yeah yeah and he now lives in Hawaii but yeah so they um I was working for him, and then like I got injured and had to reclassify, and just wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. And he was, I think, spent a lot of time in Ohio. And you know, in 2001, they asked me, "Hey, Jerry, like Steve Van Dorn and another guy there, Scott Sismus, were like, hey, do you want to, do you want to be the BMX team manager? Like, you know." Oh, I got you. So, it was, yeah, you'd mentioned that. So, so it was what the happened was it was promotion within. Yeah, so it was a promotion, and they they gave they basically split split our job up up in, into twos. Sure. And then what happened was um, after that first year. Uh-huh. I think Everett was just kind of like, Corey, can you get the keys? Corey, can you get the keys from Al, please? What's up? Can you get the keys? Key, the car key, keys. Keys? Yeah, car keys from Al, please. Okay. Thanks. So, um. Yes, sir. That's all good. Um, yeah, so until 2001, they, they split his job in half, and I had the other half. Uh-huh. And then 2002, I think, it just wasn't, um. All right, thank you, buddy. It just uh, 2002, I think they he kind of was over it, and then he took a job working for sales or downstairs. I remember. Yeah. And so yeah, he went downstairs and worked down there for that. I think 2002, and then from there it turned into me. Yeah. You know, running the whole show. Yeah. So and then like I said, you know that was 2002, three, and that's when I like kind of started getting some more, you know, freestylers on board, some more dirt jumpers. Mm-hmm. I think I, we got Alistair, I think I got Alistair Witten on the team. Yeah, you know we had Stephen Murray, um, so it was, it was you know so you were probably closing in on mid to late twenties then, right? Uh, it was I was what was I when I took the job I was twenty seven years old. Yeah, you know what I mean like yeah. I still have probably had some more years racing with me, but I just it was, I, it was you know that, that's the year that the SPDs came in, Joe. Yeah. So one I didn't want to click clip in. Right. And two, it was going to take a lot for me to get back to where I was at. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like like look at today, Ken Roxon for Supercross. Like yeah. he went down. And he still isn't the same as he was. He's still quick and fast, but it, yeah. you know, those injuries, and you know, I've seen a lot of kids these days, like they are good, they are awesome, uh-huh. but until you get that first or second injury where it's good, good broken bones, and right. that next recovery is, let's see how, how good you can do it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's hard, you know, our bodies, 
I'll be honest with you, we're gonna just jump this thing. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> His body's um. Sorry, Rare, I want to swamp fest right I now. These guys are jumping these trucks into the mud and jumps. It's crazy. I could be wrong, but I swear to God, someone just fell out. But <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I just saw some chunky splash, and I was like, holy shit. That'd be Oh, my God. So, um... Anyway, sorry. No, we're good. So, so yeah, we got that transition done. And, and I give you a lot of credit, because that's taking on... It's it's taking on pressure, but at the same time, it's within your van's family. So, you, it, you know, since you've been with vans for a while... Yeah, no, it was so it was a good transition. Like I, it, it you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, it is hard. Like you know, you don't want to give up the bike. You know, right. you want to keep doing what you're doing, but at the same time, you're like, man, how long am I going to keep doing this BMX stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, my friends weren't really that. I didn't have any that many friends that were injured back then. But nowadays, you know, with just with the Mikey Aiken, with the Stephen Murray, right. you know, my my buddy Boozer from Racing BMX. Like, there's a mm-hmm. few kids, you know. Um, there's like, a few kids who are paralyzed now or injured because you know they hit their head or TJ Lavin, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. it it and I have kids now and I I would love to come back and race and have some fun, you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe I might, but then I there's so that scare factor in me and everyone's like, Well just chill and just relax, Jerry. But once you get on that gate, <sighs> your whole competitive side comes back, man. Like I Oh my god, yeah. It, it comes back and everyone knows it, you get the hunger again and it so, stays with you. It yeah. doesn't go. We'll see, away. maybe maybe my kids might race, you know, I don't know. They have bikes. I leave it up to them, they you know I mean? I'm not gonna force them to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like, like, I don't want to be mean, but you know, to date, there really isn't a whole lot of money to be made in BMX. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that now. Like, you know, obviously with those other sports, I it's funny, but now I I, I call them um, lifestyle, kind of like lifestyle sports, mm-hmm. because you can still surf, skate, snowboard at 60, 50, 60. Right. You right. know, but during the years before that, as a teenager, yeah, they are competitive. Yeah. But BMX, when you're at that age, you it's hard, man. That's why you get into the more of the, you know, the lifestyle stuff like like the mountain bikes, or mm-hmm. you get involved as like the road bikes or the fixed gear, like right. or commuter bikes. Like you still want a bike, but mm-hmm. them twenty inches are too small. You know what I mean? Then, yeah. you know, it's. But it, it, it is what it, it is. But definitely, I you know there is a lot more bikes sold in the world than those other three. You know, surf, mm-hmm. skate, and snowboards. Um, right. You know the board sports. But you know and that's the way I look at it. Is mm-hmm. hey, everyone that has a bike. Doesn't matter what kind of bike it is, but they all need what? They all need footwear and apparel. Usually, they so, need footwear because you're not. If when you just get into it, you absolutely need. Yeah. Well, now up until you're 12, right? Yep. So yeah, it, it's good to see you're paying attention to that market. You know, I never want BMX to, to fail. That's for sure. No, I don't want Racing. BMX to fail neither. But I would, I, I would like to see BMX at least involve. Yeah. Um, you know, into bike, but mm-hmm. still keep you know the BMX you know category, the BMX division on top of the pyramid. You know, mm-hmm. still spend majority of our funds, our money. Mm-hmm. There, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I still think there is a market for the world out there for those other categories that we haven't tapped into. You know, Levi's hit it; they did yeah. a good job. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it wasn't like I was trying to, you know, have Vans change all this DNA. I, you know, I'm sure. just like, hey, make the skate pants we have, but just maybe put some reflective stuff in it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, C knows this as well. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm hoping that him and I, or maybe Vans, will and can, you know, get into the bike market and we can maybe do some know spds again or maybe do some gravel shoes you know with the extra rubber and mm-hmm. you know maybe we could make some some bike stuff um you know we're not there yet right but maybe down the road maybe you know vans will you know make that jump make, make that shift and you uh-huh. know we just got to find a market for it where can you know we sell it what you know how can we you know be involved in it like vans isn't a company that just wants to jump in mm-hmm. you know for instance i know i'll say a name and i should but nike mm-hmm. and just give money for a few years and then 
you know, Another be in there to get out. You right. know what I mean? Like we want to, yeah. if we get in, we want to do it right. We want to mm-hmm. do it the right way. We want to use our DNA, our history, our heritage, you know, our right. expressive creator stuff. And, you know, we, we want to do it right. Yeah, and a lot of your companies, I think, have, have tried that and build because it's, they don't have the diversity of, uh, of the sports that you guys sponsor. So yeah. it's, it's um, yeah, I, I think it'll all work out. I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I maintain a, a USA BMX license because I, I don't want it to die. Yeah, I just don't want it to die for the next, you know, so the next generation still has somewhere to go if that's what they choose to do. But, uh, all right, I'll hit you with something more direct. So Yeah, uh, so let's get these questions going, yeah, man. Enough absolutely. about me, Joe. Come on. <laughs> I know it's going to be all about you. You've never had that happen. Oh, <laughs> he just lost yes. the whole, he just lost the whole bag of that Jeep top. Oh, it's camper. Oh man! Just flew off, boys and girls. Yeah, uh, it's a couple pieces. I don't think they should bother. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. All right, question uh, one. Oh yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's see. We kind of answered this, but I want to shout him out. A honey, uh, Honeycut wants to know how did you get so fast? And we definitely talked about that. I mean, you you didn't do the typical training, but you did your sprints in the sprints in the street. It seems to me that. It was more of a mind game because you had the speed. Yeah, to, no, I got. Set. Yeah, no, I got. I just got fast. Like I said, I was. My parents ran the track. I was always mm-hmm. at the BMX track. Um, you know, I, I did sprints. I mm-hmm. later on, I, I at first I got lazy. I was like, I don't want to do these things, but it mm-hmm. does help. Yeah. You know, and for me, what I did is, um, you know, I did sprints going uphill, and then I did them on flat ground, and then I did them going down a hill. So whatever kind of terrain I ended up going to, whatever kind of hill it was, I was I was ready and prepared for it. Yeah. And um. Yeah, like I guess I just go to the BMX tracks. It was like, I think back then it was Wednesday was Kearney, Friday was Kearney, and then Sunday was Kearney, and then they had that track Lake, Lakeside, which I used to go to. I think it was Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday or something. Uh-huh. So I was at least five to seven days a week yeah. going to the tracks. And the fast. main thing for BMX is everyone knows this 90% of it is the start. Yeah. You want to get out in front of the person, your elbows are in front of them, you're in front of them. It's kind of, you know, and obviously mental, but. If you can get out ahead of them, then hopefully you can keep it and maintain it. And that was one thing good for me. I had good starts, and you know that's kind of why I sure. think I was fast too. You know? Yeah. Starts everything. Starts and then you know if you happen to have a gate eight pick, then you gotta you gotta move over fast. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's what's funny is I remember the NBL a few years. Um, I don't know if you remember Joe, but remember they had the cards. Yeah. Oh yeah. The pick ace the through the eight, pick a card. And I remember a couple times there was kids that I was racing where. They were sneaky, man. They drop a glove or drop a goggle yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. They go to pick it up and they look up and they can see the gate. I did see that. And happen I remember a I was like, times. "What are you doing?" <laughs> oh, there's a trick, Jerry. I was like, yeah. "No way!" Like, because you can see the bottom, you can see the cars, you can pick what you wanted. I was like, "What? <laughs> How long has this been going on?" Yeah, I was like, "What?" I, you know, I, I didn't really care what gate I got, but then I was like, "Oh, I didn't know you could do that." Yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. We used to do that even at the local level. Like you just, you didn't really care. But we had those uh, painter sticks too. You oh, know, the okay. stir yep, sticks. Yep, yep, yep. And they'd be numbered at the bottom. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that's funny stuff. So Aaron Simone, Aaron Falls Light. He's a Connecticut guy like myself. He's a really cool kid, and he's been doing the Bowl Series uh, since last year, right? I yeah, I know Aaron. Yep, yep. Really cool. Really, really good kid. Um, he wanted to know if you would push Chase. Uh, how do you say his name? Pause. Pause it. Uh, over the first turn. Oh, for sure. That's funny. <laughs> ask that question. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know those two kids. They, they've been on the tour last year. Really good kids. Aaron's rad. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chase is rad too. So it's good that that's part of the reason why we created this tour. Right. Um, 
you know, I just, I, like I said, I see too many kids progressing. I see too many kids trying to do three, four, five double backflips and right, right. seven tail whips and all this gnarly, gnarly progression, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but every kid can't do that. Right. And, you know, that obviously requires, you know, a place to go do it, a phone pit, a training facility, and some kids don't have that. Yeah. And it just, for me, that that, that, that isn't BMX. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if they want to do that, that's fine. If they want to qualify and get into the Olympics, you know, going to the feast events and the wooden ramps and doing right. gymnastics stuff, go for it. You know, it's basically <laughs> right. gymnastics on a bike. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's fine. You know, if they want to do nitro games or nitro circuits, which mm -hmm. is fine because it's a show. Yeah. So go for it, you know. But for me, I see more kids these days that just want to have fun, want to choose their line, want to, you know, right. get high out of the quarter pipe, want to basically, you know, they're expressive creators like Vans is and mm -hmm. you know like I said there's probably 500 kids that can do the big tricks but there's probably 5,000 kids or 50,000 kids that can't do all that right so we wanted I wanted to create you know the Vans BMX Pro Cup and it was at Bowls and the reason why I wanted to is back in the day you know the King of Skate Parks were always in Bowls and Concrete yeah, stuff people don't remember yeah Eddie Fuel days yeah so we Mike did it in the 70s and 80s we, we, we did it back in the day yeah and it's just you know wooden ramps these days are kind of deteriorating it's not we're doing they cost mm -hmm. a lot and I knew more skate parks are going to be built Right. Because the Olympics now, they're skateboarding in it. So I'm like, man, yeah. there's more parks going to be built. I know Vans, obviously, has three or four that they paid for. There's going to be one in Salt Lake that they're going to build. So there is, you know, I know Vans is putting money into skate parks, which are going to be, you know, bike friendly as well. Right. So I was like, wow, we need to create something like this for these kids. And, yeah. you know, the judges know it's not about doing 400 tricks. Right. You know, it's about, you know, kind of like how snowboarding is. You like, you go high, get some style, do one or two tricks, do different lines. Like, yeah. it's how you ride the bull, how you ride the course. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, and so my judges judge, judge fairly on that, and, and they know it's not about the biggest tricks, and they know mm -hmm. if if you are gonna do tricks, you got to be smooth with them. You got to be, yeah. you know, you can't pedal everywhere. Like you can't, you know, land flat. Like like one year I think Daniel De uh, Daniel Sandoval won. I don't mm -hmm. think it wasn't the Vans Mix Pro Cup, but it was like um, the Van mm -hmm. Dorn Invitational. Yeah. But he he did all the tricks, but he everything was smooth. Everything was. It's like the yeah. X Games that one year he won. Like you mm -hmm. know it, it you know you got to be smooth. You, you got to be on it. You know, and that's what the judges aren't going to not score you bad for it. But right, right. a lot of times you, you know, you don't land smooth or you pedal and they're going to mm -hmm. definitely score you bad because, sure. you know, you're trying to do these big tricks, but the big tricks are more degree, degree of difficulty. Yeah. You know, it's like gymnastics. Like, I wish that can happen with BMX. Like, mm -hmm. you know, everyone laughs at me, but I feel like to get to Olympics, like for dirt jumping to be an Olympic sport, mm -hmm. let's say there's four jumps. You got to be like, oh, I'm going to do a flip up on the first one. I'm going to do a front flip to no hander on the second side. I'm going to do a 720 on the third side. I'm going to do a 1080 on the fourth. Right. And then they should give you like, okay, you're 3.2 degree of difficulty. You know, someone else gives their run and it's, oh, a tail whip to a Superman seat grab. Oh, you're yeah. 2.7. Well, then you know the other guy is going to win going in because of the fact his degree of difficulty is more than the other guy. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, but it's not gymnastics, yeah. but I know people are going to laugh at me for that. But then if you mess up or some pedal can't do the trick, then you should be deducted. Right. And then you know going in like, all right, my score is 2.7. I know I need to change my run or change my trick. Yeah. But people probably don't want that to happen. I totally understand that. And that would... You it's know, kind of what surfing so, does. Yeah, I, surfing is a little different. A but little, but I mean, you. That's why I always like BMX racing in the Olympics. There's, there's no, you know, anytime you do a scoring event, judge event, like even my fans BMX Pro Cups, people probably uh, say they're fixed or they're not right. But yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like we have the best judges this year. Obviously, we have Joe Rich is the head really? judge. Yeah, Joe Rich is the head judge. He's been the head judge for us for a while. I did not know that. Um, so he's our head judge, and you know, he mm -hmm. people look up to him, and I think he knows what riding should be about. Oh yeah. And then secondly, our athlete judge for the year is going to be Dakota Roach. Oh, nice. So Dakota, you know, he's done one or two of the events for us. And at first he was having a little hard time, but he got it down. And, you know, I feel like we need a rider out there that, that knows, you know, that transfer or doing that mm -hmm. tabletop, 
or that, you know, Fufunu or that rail or whatever is harder than that tail whip or like he, I think he knows the difference between this and that and what's opposite. Sure. And then we're bringing in Ruben Acontra this year to be our European judge for all the events. Oh, nice. So he has a little bit of European flavor and yeah. obviously we know Ruben, he kills the bulls, he kills wall rides, oh, like yeah. Ruben wall ride, like he's, mm-hmm. he's awesome. So those three guys are going to be the three main judges on the tour and then we're adding a local flavor or some special guest for each one um australia riding and russell brindley uh-huh. he's a floor he's a i mean an australia kid that joe rich wants to judge and he's a rad kid a lot of influence a lot of people look up to him out there in australia yeah and then uh russ is uh rusty hessian right russell brindley 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 okay, okay. and right, then those two confused both Ger- both aussie guys right both aussie, yeah and then germany we're gonna bring in akeem uh-huh. out there to judge and then mexico city was dennis mccoy and then hunting beach we're gonna bring a big island but um, yeah, so we created this series, and it's rad. Um, it's in our third year. And this and, is something you created? Yeah, something I created, and I thought it was like rad. Obviously, I was working with Dennis McCoy with it because mm-hmm. um, we had I basically at Vans I couldn't run an event on my own because I worked for the company, sure. so it could be biased and blah blah blah. And right, so right. I had to hire McCoy Productions to help run the first you know few years of the Van Dorn Invitational, help run manage stuff with me. So I worked with McCoy Productions and Dennis mm-hmm. and Parody, his wife Parody on. You know, it, it for a while, uh-huh. and this year um, we ended up moving on because I'm not going to be run managing them all. So we ended up have, having to have we hired the border, okay. so they're the one going to be running and managing oh, the pro okay. cup this year. Um, you know, it's like a one stop shop. Mm-hmm. Basically, they pay the prize purse, they get all the judges there, they, okay. they you know hit up work with all the athletes. So you know, besides you know, I was doing a lot of it on my own working with Dennis and Parody, but with yeah, me and not running it this year, yeah. Okay. So now this year it was easier for me just to for the regions and everyone just to hire these guys yeah yeah. so definitely. but um, I'll still be at all of them I'll still mm-hmm. be attending them um, I get to go to Australia in two weeks I mm-hmm. get to hand it off in person because obviously there's been emails and phone calls sure leading up to it but a lot of people don't know faces yet so yeah yeah but um you know, is I'm Dennis there. still a head judge or Ooh. will he be Dennis was Dennis is going to help judge Mexico City at one time was he a head judge no he wasn't a head judge for the pro cup oh okay no, no, Joe all Rich right. has always been head judge oh I didn't know yeah. okay yeah. alright that's that's cool well you, Congratulations, because you have done an awesome job with it, and it's definitely one of the highlights of BMX right now, the way that's working out. And I hear this a lot because I, I interview a few women and, and keep in touch with a, a few pro rider women, and you guys have been great to the to the BMX women, kind of help helping that just continue to grow. Yeah, we, um, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on women now lately um at least with our other categories we have mm-hmm. so this year you know the few years i mean okay i need it you know obviously five six years ago there wasn't that many ladies or women riding bmx mm-hmm. you know a lot of them definitely if they were they were doing bmx racing yeah so um you know the last few years we picked up a few girls on our team mm-hmm. and i think it was four years ago we were just doing demos and then three years ago we did some demos nina brutrago or oh, Petrago, know, so yeah, yeah. she helps me with with the woman stuff mm-hmm. you know what i mean she's helped me out a lot she's been the ambassador for us yeah. And so she's helped out a lot, and we've got a lot of girls that attend these things, and and you know that's mm-hmm. one thing is these girls don't have the biggest tricks, yeah, but they all have style, they all ride differently, they all have you know can choose their different lines, they all have creativity, so it, 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 these pro cup events fit fits the ladies, I feel like perfect. It does. So two years ago we did a little prize yeah. purse. Last year we did another one mm-hmm. for them. Um, it's it's increased this year. You know we ended up doubling it, and then the last few meetings we've had, I think we might even quadruple it really nice yeah so nice. you know so it's definitely we we want to put more money into it so um you yeah. know we, we we and hopefully it draws more attention to these young ladies and hopefully more more do it yeah exactly. you know I mean? so that, that that's the thing and it's working so, you can see it already yeah you could see 
so many women in the in the U.S. alone yep. that are that are getting into it. But um, and now it's you know international, really, because we're all over, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, I noticed, um, you know, we have an Australia event. I think last year we had six or eight girls. We didn't have a lot, obviously. Mm -hmm. Australia, you know, way out there. A lot of girls probably don't do you know the BMX freestyle stuff but yeah. Mexico I think we had 10 or 15 ladies that were just from Mexico yeah. um, Europe there's a lot of Europeans as well and I think yeah. this year I think we'll also have some new blood some new ladies riding these things because um, with Olympic qualifiers going on and Olympics next year I think some girls like I talked to Tony DeGalato over there at the USA uh -huh. cycling and he was saying they're going to let their girls do it because it's competitive wise and you sure. know they get to compete so they get that inner edge you don't want to send a girl to our contest with the first or second time not going against other girls and getting scared so it, it, it like it builds up you know like you said a lot of it probably is in their head but it's yeah. fun and you want to be prepared yeah you know these things will get you ready for you know the vans bmx pro cups and you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna continue to grow these things um mm -hmm. you know i wish every region can do them but obviously it, it costs money well in a way you do because you have uh regional qualifiers right yeah we're doing regional qualifiers are basically the day before the tour mm -hmm. so any kid in any country or you can go if you're from America you can go to Australia and try to qualify so we're not holding you liable sure. being from that country mm -hmm. but any kid on any bike this is their way they can try to qualify to get out there with a, a Chase Hawk or get out there with a Gary Young or Larry Edgar or Dennis Anderson or Chris Fox you know yeah. or a Pat Casey or Kevin Peraza or mm -hmm. you know this is their way or Alex Heim like yeah. you know we take seven or ten guys from that RQ and then they get in mm -hmm. you know and this year we added these little nationals in which we're doing one in Singapore next weekend and then we're going to do one at Woodward Hopefully, I can do some more. East, east and west? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And these are more smaller just for, like, basically for that region. Mm -hmm. And for those guys, you know, they're not going to win any money. It's mm -hmm. just about going and competing. And, you know, we don't want to have 5,000 people at these things. We just want to make a small grassroots where uh -huh. they get a taste of it. It's, and then so it makes them happy. So maybe later on they will go attend one sure. of these other events and get into it. Yeah. So I want to do more next year of these things. I'll talk to Andy Zeiss about it. Mm -hmm. But definitely, I think there should be a smaller way, like like you said, like, like the pyramid. There's these smaller yeah. nationals. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to basically give awards out or prizes, or like you don't got to spend a lot of money. Right. And then the stale above that would be the regionals that people could get in for the tour, and the tour would be the higher level. Yeah. And obviously, work your way into a championship. Yep. You know, because a lot of events I know in the past have always been invitational. Oh yeah. And a lot of good kids out there I noticed you don't see, and they don't get the invite. But with the Pro Cups being around the world, there's a lot of kids that got noticed the last two, three years, and now that have sponsors because of it. So I think it's helped out a lot of kids. Yeah. I mean, you know we mean? were talking about Aaron. Aaron, yeah. Aaron qualified, right? Yep. There's another guy up my way in Vermont who you, I'm sure you know, Jamie Cooper Ellis. Yeah, Jamie you was know. rad. I had to deal with Jamie. Well, I didn't have to deal with him, but he fell yeah, in Spain Malaga last year. Or... Yeah, and his mom called me. Yeah. And she was going to buy a ticket from Boston to get out there, and I was like, look, like the fam BMX is family. Yeah. Um, She's yeah. like, I just want to be there. I'm like, well, you don't need to spend the money. Like, trust me, I'll go by and see him. I'll get the medic Trish. Or everybody went by. I saw Jamie, man, for three or four days. And, yeah. you know, like I told her if he was dying, you know, I know it's not my son. Because sure. I probably would want to come as well. Yeah. But he's not going to die from this. Like, you lose your, you know. Spleen, you lose right. your spleen. Yeah. Like, like it, all the BMXers lose their spleen, man. Like, it happens. I think I made it, made it a little more better for it. Eased her into it. Yeah. And, but, Which, no, Jamie's a rad kid, man. He, he's always been on the tour. And definitely like his riding style. Um but it's cool to see these kids on the tour. Like it's it's fun to see these kids traveling. Like I said, I, you know, I know their parents probably pay the way. I know they all stay in a room. Mm -hmm. You know, I can help them out whenever I can help them out. You know, I helped out Aaron before with the room and just Austin. Like Grayson and was. Just, yeah, so you know they <laughs> they're a bunch of rad kids and they just want to be on the tour. You know, like I said, yeah. they're you know they're not you know obviously the best kids yet, but maybe one day they will be. They're showing you know, they're showing signs. Yeah, they're sure. showing signs, and they need to they need to practice. They need to compete. They need mm -hmm. to get to these things. That's rad to see. 
kids follow these things. You know what yeah. I mean? It's cool, and that's what I wanted to create. Like, I want kids to come. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, it's cool to see that. Well, if if Jamie keeps improving, it's going to be the most insane, uh, um, crazy story because he's in Vermont. Like, he's in, we only have a couple indoor places uh, for wintertime, and right now he's in the maple syrup season with his family. So, it's like, you know, he's juggling. Yep. And so, it's so cool to, I, I, I did a podcast with him last fall because I was just, really interested in this kid because he's got such such a diverse life going on and just a good kid but anyway we talked to him and I talked about it a bit there and it was a big deal to him a real big deal and he talked about you know how much everyone took care of him when he was when yeah. he was hurt which was awesome so uh anyway again congrats on the pro cup because it's been it's eye-opening like everyone's everyone's watching and on top of that like I said you're you're working women helping them along through it so it's uh it's good stuff all right so we'll hit some questions uh hal hands of course they always throw in a bunch and you sponsored hal hands right yeah i like those little guys oh they're well, the little girl there's three of them and yeah, a little yeah. One. They're, they're a rad family man and oh they are yeah we noticed them about two or three years ago um steve crandall, crandall obviously saw him first but then sure. cosman justin cosman and colin mckay were like man you gotta check these little kids out and then i saw them in pittsburgh over at uh woodward east mm-hmm. and i was like Wow, I need to hit these kids up. And the dad actually wasn't there. The mom was there, and I gave her my card. And I said, hey, yeah. ma'am, like, call me up. Like, I don't want you buying shoes for your kids no more. And the dad reached out to me, and, yeah, they're a bunch of rad kids. They're not your typical California kid. No. Um, you know, they hunt. They, they, they're just rad kids. And that's, you know, something I want people to know about Vans. Yeah, we are from California. We are California-based, but you don't have to be blonde hair, blue eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like you, could, you could fit the brand. There's other things the brand does, you know what I mean? And, and they're just... They're a rad family, man. I hope, they I hope are. that we can stay with them their whole time. And I like them, and they're cool. And it, to see them here out here is awesome. To see them jumping the dirt jumps are rad. And uh, watch out for these little kids. I think they're going to be good. Oh my God, are they? And the parents are really, really awesome, by the way. Rad parents, yeah, like it's... rad parents. They're just laid back. They're not yelling at their kids. They, yeah. it's kind of cool. Like a lot of, like I said, I grew up in BMX. And a lot of dads mm-hmm. yell at their kids, and you got that BMX dad, and yeah. You know, I got, obviously got the nickname Bad Boy because I got in fights with dads growing up for hitting their kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously on the BMX track, if I didn't win, I was a second or third, I, I wrecked you. And, you know, obviously <laughs> you wanted to fight me. And Right, right. But, yeah, like, they're definitely rad parents. Like, I hope I can be like that with my kids. Right now, you know, I'm probably 50% that nice and that cool. You yeah. know, I got told the other day um, from my daughter at her softball game, like, Dad, uh-huh. stop it. You're embarrassing me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and the message is kind of <laughs> there, you know. Like, it's. And I've told people my wife's way better at it. She because she lets them learn from their own mistakes, and that's what you're supposed to do. And and it's hard. It's hard. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It's no, hard. it's it's definitely tough. And I you know I go to Sundays ever since I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, drinking back in 2010. Uh-huh. A lot of people probably don't know this, but I you know I was you know I party back in the day. I drank a lot. Uh huh. Drinking got me in trouble, and you know I didn't listen to my parents growing up. Everyone, every parent, everybody tells you things, and you're like, yeah, right. Shut up. You're old. Yeah, you right. don't know what you're talking about. And uh-huh. they told me nothing good happens after midnight and I didn't listen but every time I got in trouble it was after midnight yeah, yeah. and you know alcohol yeah. it definitely a, 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 you know some people can handle it sure to me I couldn't handle it and to me it's the worst drug in the book in mm-hmm. 2010 I got in trouble for drinking and yeah. Steve Van Dorn saved me and and ever since then I've been sober so I'm on my ninth year now which is good congrats but, um, man that's a big deal yeah I know it's a big deal so yeah it's, that's definitely you know yeah. Part is right there. Sheen and Casey Hellhand right there. Yeah, there yeah. you go. See? Yeah, look at that kid. That kid's too much. No, those kids are rad. Like, he's even got the handkerchief in his back pocket. Yeah. They're both wearing their helmets. A lot of kids don't want to wear their helmets. Like, it's oh, definitely. Yeah. 
you know? It's uh, good, though. It's good that you have parents that support you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and quick plug, uh, Mike and the Potosnys and whole wheel mill group, mostly Mike and the Potosnys, put on the Next Generation Gym, which is third week in April, I believe, yeah. third weekend. So I'll, The Hallahan's reached out to me about getting products. I'm going to give it to them. But I know mm-hmm. the, the those guys, they did a yeah. demo for us. Out in Pittsburgh a few years ago, we had to do something at Dick's Sporting Goods, and they brought the ramps out. Oh, nice! They rode. They were like definitely like cool, like yeah, cool yeah. gang to hang out with. Yeah, I think Scene uh, knows them pretty good too. So yeah, I think he does. Yeah, Scene's yeah, from Pittsburgh, so he's he's got the connections there too. But just a really good family all the way around. But that next generation gym is a big deal. Easily a hundred kids show up to this thing. It's, awesome! It's amazing. I'd say more. It's probably two hundred. Uh, so anyway. So Lucas wants to know, clips or flats? Favorite style of vans? Those two uh, questions. Flats. Yeah. You know they say clips are for kooks. <laughs> it's. Um, but no flats. I've always been flats. Yeah. And my favorite style of vans. I'd have to say that I, I'm onto a few, but I always like the Fairlane. I like the Fairlane, the one I have the vans out in. The Fairlanes were were rad shoes. Uh, is that a BMX? Uh, no, it wasn't a BMX shoe. shoe it was a skate light. shoe. I think. Um, Every sport had a fair lane. We all mm-hmm. advertised it. I remember skate did surf, snow, BMX. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't a BMX shoe. It was just a. It was a fair lane. Still the waffle, waffle yeah. pattern. Yep. I'll check that one out. No, I had a different pattern on it. It wasn't the waffle pattern. It had a weird like circle oh, really? on the bottom of it. Yeah. Oh yep. okay. Yep. It just stuck good with your your pedals. It was really it worked really well. It did. Yeah. It was huh. like weird circles on the bottom. It wasn't the waffle pattern. You know, when you've been around as long as you and I have, like I only believe that the waffle is going to. Grip. Well, the like waffle you, always worked. I, I knew that. I have a more open mind. Yeah, yeah but with my cages, mm-hmm. like, I can't know if I had croupies or what I had on, but they just, they stuck really good in the, instead of the platforms. I got you. So, but yeah. you slipped your pedal, man, your shins were done. Oh, you're not kidding. Those croupie <laughs> cages were, were brutal. Still not as bad as those trog cages from yeah. years ago. Those ones that they just machined out. Yep. And, made, and, and they came to a complete point. Yep. Oh, my God. Hopefully you, you uh, didn't get anything out of those um, injuries. So Nathan wants to know what age did you turn expert? Uh, I turned expert at 11. It was funny because I actually was 10 intermediate mm-hmm. and when I won, my I think it was 10 first places in intermediate, but now I think it's 15. It was 10 back then. I won my 10th race at 10 intermediate, mm-hmm. but my birthday was that week. Yeah. So instead of going to 10x, I went straight to 11x. Uh-huh. So it was rough. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Ten intermediate to eleven X. It was, it was, it was rough, man. Those kids were faster. Experts definitely. Yeah. Well, I don't know about now, but back then it was big change between intermediate and expert. It was. Right. But, it, I know back then sucked because you could win five from novice, turn intermediate, you win ten. So within, you know, two or three months, if you went every weekend, you were already an expert. And. In no time. It was no time. Yeah, but but I, you know majority I think that's what happened in BMX racing is mm-hmm. that first second year when kids turn expert. Yeah. You know, you were good or not good or halfway medium, you stayed into it. If you weren't that good, you kind of like, man, like, these kids are fast. I'm not. Yeah. So I noticed a lot of kids, you know, took in the dirt jumping. They, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't the fastest kids on the track. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, you got Corey Nostalgia. You got a lot, a lot of guys out there that were racers. and yeah. But they were good bike handler dudes, and they were doing flips and tricks in the back of the pack. And then, obviously, dirt jumping came in, and there was yeah. dirt jumping events after dirt jumping events. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody found their niche. It's, I, I look back now, like, wow, everyone did find their, their niche. Like, everyone had their own yeah. little thing. And, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, all right, Shane. Shane. I love Shane. Shane wants to know, how did you get so cool? Uh, I wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Every every kid is... You're is, saying you're cool right now. Yeah, man. yeah. No, no. 
I guess I am kind of cool now. Um, <laughs> my wife laughs at, laughs at me all the time. She's like, I can't believe you got 22,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm like, you know, but that's not as many as the guys on the team have and mm. everyone else has. But it's cool. I'm not on Facebook. Um, I mean, the only thing I have is Instagram and Twitter, but Instagram is my main thing. And yeah. I know people want to see what's going on. And obviously, I, I leak out information sometimes. And, sure. Um, but, no, nah, it's just, I, like I said, I, I didn't think I was cool. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I thought everyone, you know, everybody's has their little weird stages or dorky stages. And, mm-hmm. you know, you grow out of them. Everybody's a kid. Everybody gets in trouble. You know, like my preacher was said, like I said, I was going to church on Sunday because I, mm-hmm. every time I'm home, I quit drinking. And, yeah. you know, he said it before when you yell at your kids, um, they won't know until, like, like you said, Joe, like until they get in trouble. Like, that's how they learn. Yeah. Your dad tells you don't touch the fire. You touch the fire. You're like, oh, it's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and. There's a lot of times it happens to me and my kids. I tell them, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And they do it. I'm like, man, I told you not to do it. Right. You know, and obviously I get mad. And yeah. like, what well, was an accident, Dad? I'm like, yeah. And like the other day, my daughter falls down, busts her tooth, and she's scared to tell me about it because it was a real accident. And she's yeah. scared. Right. You know, right. and I'm like, no, that's an accident. Because, yeah, but you get mad all the time. I'm like, no, I get mad because I tell you four times. Yeah. And then it happens, you need to listen. I do the same thing. So, I, you know, you got to explain to your kid, Joe. But so that's instance, like I was saying, like your parents, everyone tells you, don't go out after midnight. You do. And, mm-hmm. you know, they tell you, pick up your kids when you can because by the time they get older they're not going to want to get picked up they're right and yeah. you know they're they're right about a lot of things and they grandma grandpa always told me time flies when you're having fun you get older and i'm like yeah right uh-huh. you know i'm 44 turn 45 in two weeks and yeah man it goes by fast because now the time that's for you is not really for you it's for your kids and everything else and yeah, yeah. It's, so that you know listen to your kid your parents kids <laughs> <laughs> but most likely or more, more importantly your mother <laughs> yeah, moms know all. Trust me. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Here, here to them. Uh, Evan Smedley, who gave you the hardest time? I don't know. I I, I should have uh, sent a message back. But he said, "Who gave you the hardest time, Nasty Robbie or Gary?" But uh, I don't think they're talking racing. And no, they weren't sure talking racing. Talking... They're probably the hardest time out. And uh, Nasty I mean, was always good. He, you know, he went out and partied and had a good time. But he always took care of himself. He always. Mm-hmm. New to get a cab. He always showed up at the van. Always showed up for autographs. Like I didn't like. Yeah, he he ran it. He had a good time. But you yeah. know, Alistair was you know pretty crazy. Same way. But those mm-hmm. kids weren't that bad. The, the craziest kids I had were like Luke Parslow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was he was pretty hard. Did real also Ruel Erickson. I remember him. Yeah. Ruel, yeah, he used to be a guy out of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it, no one was really hard. Obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan Gutler was kind of hard a few times to deal with. You know, he was a little, little drunk. But everyone everyone gets drunk. Everyone has a good time. No one was really hard. Um, you know, Nasty just was nasty. And a lot uh-huh. of places going out with him, you know, they, they closed down, you know, places to have him hang out there. And Sure. You know, I've been a few times with him. Like in New Zealand, people thought he was Tommy Lee, which is funny. But, <laughs> um, you yeah. know, without Nasty and Steven, those guys, I wouldn't have had the job. You know, they sure. they got in there in 2001 and really fought for me to get it because, like I said, Everett wasn't taking care of those guys. And, yeah. You know, so... But, and, the, uh, and those guys have created a huge following. I mean, it's it, guys. I should say like uh, like nasty. Yeah, no, Na- nasty's it. definitely nasty, and that's why he's a legend. Yes. Um, a few years ago, you know, Vance was like, Jerry, you need to get rid of him. Blah blah blah. I was like, no, like he needs to stay on the team. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm paying him these days to be a BMX dirt jumper. Mm-hmm. But he's a legend, and we have legends in skateboarding. You know, with all our skaters, I figured why not oh, create yeah. a legend team. So that's why we have Corey Nassazio and Dennis McCoy on the legend team. You know what I mean? I got you. So. You know, basically, you know, they're not going to make a million dollars on the team, but they can right. still get paid to ride a bike, and wherever they want to go, we'll send them. Sure. You know, because without those two guys, you know, right. they're like a Matt Hoffman and, and Dave Mir and all the big names. Like, yeah. 
we yeah. wouldn't be where we're at today. There are idols in the sport, you know. Yep. So to me, they're a Vans ambassador. Yeah. You know, they're they're family. So yeah. I created a legend team for BMXers because lately, a few years ago, where would these guys go? They just get cut from the team, and there's no way for them right. to go anywhere. Right. You know, like I had to cut a lot of kids because of that. But now there's a program. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so. That's awesome. I didn't know you had a legend program. So that's that make a lot of people happy if they don't if they're not aware of it and they're and they're nasty fans. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. Uh, Chad Curtis. He wants to know what fuels the intense positive energy that doesn't seem to stop. Uh, and then he thanked us both for, for making rad stuff happen. So, uh, yeah. Uh, my positive energy, I guess you could say, from the soda I drink and the chips. No, the salt <laughs> and sugar. No, I've, I've, as a kid, I've always, you know, been high strung. I, I have ADD. Um, I took speech class when I was younger, speech therapy. I was just, you know, I used to take Ritalin. My mom, you know, mom and dad said I was always on pills and stuff. I mm-hmm. I was always high octane. Um, you know what I mean? I was always on the move, always running around. And uh-huh. I look at my son now, I'm like, man, was I like that? And my mom's like, you were worse. <laughs> so. <laughs> this is the payback time. Yeah, she goes, you're going to get it, Jerry. And, yeah. You know, I, I just, it, it's just me. I, I'm always on the move. I'm always doing things. I, I'm, I'm not a guy that sits still. Uh-huh. Um, I always got to be doing something or if I'm not doing something then I'm watching football or watching NASCAR or watching something on TV sure. that, that I like but majority of the time I, I like being active you know I wasn't really into the video game stuff right you know I couldn't sit there and play video games all day I just wasn't wasn't me mm-hmm. you know I I wasn't book smart you know I, I had the street smarts I guess I could say my wife has the book smart she's got a college degree I got the street smarts you know what I mean I but um no, I just, I really don't know. I joke about it all the time at work and people are like, man, I wish I could give you my blood. Uh-huh. I wish I could give you my energy. I wish I could bottle up and give it to you. Like, because yeah. everybody always says, man, why are you so, you know, wow, just full throttle. And I mean, you kind of love what you do, right? I mean, yeah, I love what I do. And even, even in the BMX racing days, I remember these kids that raced me, they probably think I was crazy, but I used to yell and scream behind the gate, hit myself in the head, go, woo! Just <laughs> like you're saying, yeah. Joe, mentally psych out all these kids and scare them. And people are like, what's that kid doing over there? Whoa, is that Jerry? What the heck's going on over there? And I just yeah, right, right. get put myself up. And uh-huh. But no, I just, it's it's probably in my blood. You know what I mean? It's just, I. Yeah. It's true. Some yeah. people have it, you know, and some people don't. But uh, it's good that you have it because you're you're in the perfect position to use it to, your, to <laughs> for everyone's benefit. That's true. You know what I mean? So everyone's benefiting from your energy for sure. Uh, let's see. Seb Scott. Thanks for keeping BX, BMX high on your list. Uh, guy looks after a lot of people and respects scenes from around the world. It's more of a comment. That was uh, really nice of him because he, he hit on some pretty important topics. Yeah. You take care of your guys and uh, and and you're involved in international scenes. Thank, Thank you. Sh- Thank you, Sebastian. Uh, Seb. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, um, no, I just enjoy what I do and that's one thing. As I was a... Uh, no, no, no. He, he. What's up, Nasty? We, we were just talking about podcast, you, buddy. Man. How you doing? Oh, yeah. you guys are? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. My bad. I, so good. I leave this stuff they're, in, They're man. asking who's, hard, who's worse to do with you, Alistair, Gary, and I was like, Nasty wasn't hard to deal with. He always found it back to the hotel. He was always good. Uh, never got arrested. Never, never got, got in trouble. trouble. Never said, got DUI. Luke Parzo was the one that was hard to deal with. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's yeah, I can't good. wait. Get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Corey just pulled up. But um, is that, is that his kid? Yeah, it's his kid Trey. Nice. Yep. yep. So um, see, so, yeah, we we were. Yeah, uh, I take care of the guys. I was an athlete, and I feel like you know you got to be an athlete and respect mm-hmm. them and know what they want. And I, I always, you know, 
you know, want to make sure we take care of the BMX scene and make sure Vans knows we're here. Yeah. I'm always in yeah. people's ears there. I got myself, you know, a few trouble, you know, in meetings and stuff talking about, you know, BMX, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's good having me in the building. Obviously, having seen in the building, um, you know, he works in product. If it wasn't for him, right. you know, He's guys, we may, may not have any BMX stuff. Thank God, seen. It definitely fights for us every day. And, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I was a global marketing guy and he's in product, even though he doesn't do the BMX product anymore. He's moved on, but, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're always going to fight. Um, you know, right. Obviously, we know Van started with BMX, and that's why this year is our 40 years involved in BMX. Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming out product-wise. I think June we have a Skate High Pro coming out. That's got Bob Harrell jumping through the Ring of Fire. I saw that. I, I saw since '79. Piece of that, yeah. And then in August, I think we're launching um, the 40th anniversary pack or something like that for um, BMX and classic and lifestyle line. We have like shoes designed for it. I got the Thelma, Thelma, and then we have some yeah. whole bunch of apparel you're gonna see come August. Like it's really rad. Like. Like I said, it, it, it sucks I left the BMX program, but right now mm -hmm. it's at its best. We have a lot of product coming out. We have a lot of apparel coming out, footwear. Like it's, you know, I'm psyched for the new person coming in. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully they can maintain it and hopefully they got a, some better ideas to make it bigger and better. Yeah, keep it keep it fresh. Maybe get a different perspective, but. Oh, the fire's lit, Joe. It's lit and I'm going to throw some, you know, gas on it. So hopefully he can throw some propane and we keep it going. That's right. <laughs> Which is fitting for this event because I think they had stuff burning until until dawn this morning. <laughs> yeah, I saw last night when I showed up to hang out for a little while and everything was on fire. This morning, right? Uh, last it, night when I came it, around 10, 11 to hang out. When I woke up, the fire, I mean, this was 7, 7 o'clock. The fire was still going. <laughs> I'm like, who, who the hell kept that thing going all night? Wow. But someone that's probably sleeping right now. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, Greg Dixon from Montreal. I changes. Go ahead. You good? No, no. Yeah, I don't good, care. Wait, don't even worry about stuff nah, like that. We're almost done. That's what makes these more fun, by the way. No, that's good. Um, Greg Dixon from Montreal. He's he's really from another state that I can never remember. So each time he asks a question, I just give him a new a new country of origin. Yep, yep. So anyway, uh, how is <laughs> this? Guy obviously, kind of a kind of a joke. How is it being a uh, babysitter for adults? It's awesome. It's making me better for my kids. But that's the problem I notice is um, I yell at my kids sometimes like they're, they're these guys and I got to yeah. chill out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. So it's, it's good because uh, the other day I got, you know, Steve Van Doren called me like, Jerry, what are you doing? And, mm -hmm. you know, he yelled at me for a little bit. Yeah. And the way he yelled at me was the way I yelled at my kids. So kind of it was like, wow, Jerry, you... I never been talked to like like that before, you know what I mean? So it's kind of good. Yeah. It's it's and maybe mm -hmm. these guys are older, maybe that's why I yell them like that, but I shouldn't yeah. you know tell my kids, "What are you doing? Are you dumb? Are you stupid?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And like my wife says that's mentally you know messing them up and I'm like, "No, it's not." And now look out back, I'm like, "Yeah, I am." So yeah. it's kind of good. So I take it now like, you know, all right, like I can't talk to them like that. So it, yeah. You know, it, it is dealing with these babysitting kids, you know, these older guys, but it's kind of screwing me up in my life with my family and you only got my kids like that so that's one thing I I did learn the last few weeks okay Jerry you gotta check yourself like sure they're not teenagers yeah. they're still young kids you know what I mean but mm -hmm. in my mind right I still think you know Dakota Roach or whoever right. you know is 18 years old but they're not they're 28 yeah. you know what I mean so yeah, I gotta yeah. Like we say, we both got older, Joe. They got older, too. But sometimes I feel like they didn't get older. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, so, it's so easy to do what you're saying. You're not alone whatsoever. <laughs> Trust me, you are not alone. So the fact that you're aware of it and, you're, and, you're, and you try your hardest to work on it. But yeah, I mean, I've said things where I look back and go, 
that was goddamn uh, demoralizing. Like, that was what I said to my son or my daughter is something that now I have to... I have Apologize to, for. Yeah. And I go back, not, hey, I'm sorry. Like it, I said, I shouldn't have said that. And, and I have to... I feel like I have to earn their respect again yeah. and their trust yeah. because I may have broken that trust by saying something that kind of hurt. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? you're fully right. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I have to get you to start buying you a gift and they're happy, but that's, that just makes them happy for a little while, Jerry. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, it's one thing in my life that I got to get better at. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm honest with it and then I see it now. Like, okay, Jerry. But it is the way I talk to these guys. I don't uh-huh. need to bring that home. Sure. I need to distinguish the two, you know, work and yeah, and that's hard to do. But now I won't be dealing with these guys, so that's why I'm like, yes, <laughs> Colin McKay's got to deal with them. <laughs> Is that why Colin looks so solemn t- t- today? <laughs> yeah. He looks very straight, straight faced. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Colin's a good dude. Uh, Northeast, Northeast Bad Boys—they actually they, they sponsor uh, Jamie Cooper L. So like a, it's like a fun New England group. This, these guys are awesome. Uh, was there a rider who wasn't on fans that you wish could have been? Yeah, actually, it's funny you say that. Um, Dennis Anderson was a guy that I I didn't have. Um, I got now. That was one thing I, I fought and did before I left. I was like, I got to get this kid on the program before nice. I move, move over. Um, Dennis was always there. Um, I feel back as Gary Young brought him to my attention back in 2000. I can't remember, five, six, or seven. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Jerry, we got to get this kid, man. And mm-hmm. Dennis was wearing Vans, and I watched him. It was a, I remember if it was a Vans Triple Crown event or if it was a Dutour event, but mm-hmm. he only had a tail whip double tail whip mm-hmm. and he had a 360 whip and that was really like he probably had some street stuff to do and, and was dope on that but he was riding dirt and that's all I saw and I'm like oh that's all he's got like yeah, nah he's not that great you know what I mean right. and I think next year Nike got him and they got him for pretty cheap which is good and you know I'm psyched Nike coming in, Nike coming in the business you know they didn't mm-hmm. last long but all these guys made a lot of money off them and, and that's the way it should be and yeah. I wish you know Vans wants more competition we we do own the sport everyone's in BMX like they support Vans support us but I I wish there was more competition. Like, like we want competition. We want more brands in there because it doesn't, you know what I mean? It, it's all us. Yeah, so when you're yeah. 10 kids buying a shoe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we get seven, eight, nine of the kids buying our shoe, but mm-hmm. every kid doesn't want to wear the same shoes. Every kid doesn't want to look yeah. the same. You know, I mean? every kid has their own style. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why Vans has a lot of different shoes. Yeah. But, um, you know, Dennis Anderson was the one. I, I, I wish I had Gary Young brought him to me and I denied it. And, uh-huh. you know, you know, obviously he's been on Nike for a few years, but uh-huh. now we got him. Yeah. Um, you know, and he always fit Vans, but he's the one guy I missed that got away. Mm-hmm. The other one, which is funny, but was Garrett Reynolds. Um, I don't know if he ever, you know, if he is, would ever be a Vans guy. But uh-huh. his dad, dad tried for a few years hard to get me to put him on the team when he was that 14, 15, 16-year-old age oh, kid. And okay. yeah. he just, he, he didn't really fit Vans. You know, it's not about being the best rider. Right. You know, it's it's just, I don't, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I... It's all the person in charge. Like, I was in charge, and I feel like, you know, if you fit the right brand and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just... Sometimes you can tell that first, second week, you know, and also you need to go on a road with somebody. Yeah. You know, there was a few times where I got someone on the team, and later on I was like, oh, Jerry, that was a bad move. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and you make mistakes. you see all sides, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and for me, I like to go out with the parents. Yeah. You know, I, I like to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, for instance, like, we got, you know, Daniel Sandoval was on the team, but uh-huh. after a few years, he just got really... Really competitive. I guess he was kind of like me with BMX racing, but he got you know really cocky. and just a lot of guys on the team didn't like him, didn't get along with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we go somewhere to some event, and then all of a sudden his girlfriend's there. You know, she sit on his lap in the rental car. I don't have enough room for everybody, and then you know they don't want to share a room with nobody. Right, you know what right. I mean? So that's it's you know and I I know it sucks. Your you want your girlfriend to go, she wants to be there, but you know nowadays you need to get she needs to get there on their own and get their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. know what I mean? Because right. it's hard. You know what I mean? And I totally sure. understand. Yeah. But um. 
you know, so there's a couple guys I wish I had. And there's a couple guys I had that you know I had to get rid of or move on. And mm-hmm. you know, you can't you can't keep the team the same neither. You got to think about this. Look at these two girls in bathing suits right here, just going through the mud. Oh my god! Guys, we're watching Swamp Fest right now. And there's these trucks and buggies, oh. and there's two girls on on a quad oh in god, bikinis running through the mud, getting this. This is funny. I, I can, <laughs> oh my god! So um, Jeez. but anyways. <laughs> Next question, Joe. I'm glad I can't use my phone right now because it's recording. Um, I last year I sat here with Robbie Morales at this with the same angle, and we were dying. And, and this is this is even better. Uh, anyway, so when can we expect another nasty signature shoe? Please send us 14 pairs when they come out. Um, um, I'm nasty. Probably won't get another shoe, but. Um, I think I'm gonna use his face to promote like a colorway. Cause what it is now, uh, we changed our our strategy at Vans. Um, we have a primary story every season. This season is, is obviously Kevin Praza. And then our secondary story is uh, Scotty Kramer, which his shoe is out now, but the marketing goes live this, this week coming up. Mm-hmm. And then we use a photo of him from like uh, the illustrated video. Okay. And then the next guy to get a shoe will be, um, but we use Sean Rikini in January, his face right. for the Air Pro. We're gonna use Bruno Hoffman in May for, I think I, um, I can't remember what shoe it is. Yeah. And then June, like I said, is the Since '79 Bob Harrell thing. Mm-hmm. Um, August will be a July will be like a Ty Moreau, Old School Pro. Um, wow. And then Matthias Androis will get something in like the mm-hmm. holiday. Um, January we're working with Larry Edgar, and then um, fall '20 we're working with Dennis Anderson. So I, I don't know how you remember all this. this yeah, crazy. no, we definitely got a lot of projects. You know, we, Vans works like, we work 18 months out. Yeah. You know, so you got to plan, you got to get everything ready, and it's 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 a lot, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, yeah. you know, you hope the shoot does good, obviously, because you work so far out. You know, you have to get all the marketing campaign, everything planned, and that's the reason why Vans is so big is we got to make sure our whole region, our whole strategy, our whole, everyone around the world has right. everything three months before we go live. You sure. know what I mean? But it's... um. It's good. It's good. We actually got BMX product now. Like we got a um, the BMX Waffle Cup Pro. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on the old school Pro BMX shoe. It's on the Skate High Pro BMX shoe. It's a Waffle Cup BMX bottom. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit stronger for these kids. Like I know we're getting a lot of complaints about the rubber wearing down on the Pro Classics, and you know, obviously kids these days don't have brakes. Right. So they put their foot in the tire. Yeah. They, they yeah. put their you know feet on the ground. Obviously, rubber rubber's not going to last. Right. It's going to start to pull, yeah, I mean, so, pull off. We want these kids to make sure that this shoe now mm-hmm. lasts a little bit longer. It may last a week, two, three weeks, a month. Like yeah. we want them to get their money's worth, and we created this. And mm-hmm. you know, definitely like if there's, I haven't heard any bad feedback. If there's any feedback, please get to me, good and bad, so we know. Yeah. Um, you know, so you BMXers know out there. We want to make it better. We want to make it right. Right. And you know, I know a lot of racers listen to this podcast, and hopefully, we can get SPDs going later on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we definitely don't say we're not trying. Me and Scene are trying, and um, you know. We're going to do the best we can for right. BMX, so. Yeah. Uh, well, I had a quick question on that. Um, when you do, like, a 100-pair a run like you did for for the, the event, the Scotty event that I did a couple years ago, two years ago, um, in here, Swamp Fest, you get a 100-lot run, or 100, however you want to say it, 100 uh, pairs of shoes yep. that are just for Swamp Fest. Are those kind of one-off deals different than what you're talking about with with uh, the Scotty shoe that's coming no. up? Um, or all of these hundred? Those, 
the Scotty shoes and the shoes I talked about are, are inline products. So what I did is I got you a hundred pair of the shoes because it, um, you know, it'd be too hard for me to go online and order them in, mm -hmm. get them all. So I just cat beat them, you know, from China, whatever, and we got sure. hundred hundred pair of Scotty Kramer shoes there in line. Yeah. But um, the shoes I did for Florida Swamp Flesh are called the SMU and OMU, and I worked with Seen. Seen worked with another product guy. Mm -hmm. Those are basically shoes you can't buy in the store. Right. And they basically we made them just we make them specifically for these smaller events. I guess. So that way we do something special for BMX. Yeah. We do it in other categories too. Yeah. But we want to do special things. Like we want people right. here just to be the ones that get the shoe. Like yeah. you know, we don't want, you know, obviously because they're for this event. Yeah, it's know? almost like buying a, a shirt. Yeah. Only it's, it's bigger. Like, yeah, exactly. Bigger, right? So, you know, and these take a little bit longer lead time. You know, they take 12 weeks or 16 weeks to get done and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so you I have to work on them way out of time. ahead of that. Yeah. Oh, Actually, man. these shoes came in a couple weeks ago for Trey, but we ordered them probably eight months ago, seven yeah. months ago. Yeah. And basically it's custom shoes. No, no, you said you had a, you sent specs for the run. Yep, yeah, so uh, Trey to, gave us okay. some logos and yeah. you know, we worked back and forth with him until we got it right. But yeah, you got to get stuff. It's not like, you know, we're not Steve and Doran where you can get something in two weeks. Yeah, you know, right. Steve is Steve. Like, obviously we have to go through the system and, you know what yeah. I mean, we have to... Right. But no, and, and we like doing these little one-offs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's cool for yeah. the environment. It's cool to have them, and they're collector items. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we had a guy at work tell me, Jerry, can you bring me a size 9? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. And you know what? I, I've had a couple of friends say, hey, can you pick me up a pair or whatever? And I said, I said, uh, yeah, I'll try, but do you realize there's 100 pairs of shoes and there's three or 4,000 people here? People are in line right now. I'm, They've been in line since 7.30 this morning. Well, I told them, I said, I, I got to interview Jerry Batters. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not waiting in line for you. It, and it's you know it's all kidding around, but you know they they want them, but it's it's hard to get them, and that's a good thing, like oh. a good a good supply and demand thing. There's a desire for them, and I, I love it when you do them. It's the hundred lot ones are, are just awesome. So uh, J W Snyder, we're almost done here. What is your favorite or most memorable? Uh, we'll say event uh, since you have been with Vans. Um, I'm gonna say the Vans Park Series we did in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, last year in June, or was it May? No, it was June. It uh -huh. was um. It was rad. Like there was probably six thousand people in the stands, and probably another eight thousand people in the um, big field. Really? They, yeah. Like they take skateboarding seriously in Brazil. Whoa. It was one of the best events I've done in a long time. It was one of the raddest ones to see mm -hmm. the whole community and everyone come together. Yeah. Um. You know, and being here today, seeing Swamp Fest, like this is definitely an awesome event. This isn't like a core event where you got all the big, big wigs and big sponsors and everything's perfect. Like, it's, sure. this is more for these kids that spend money and appreciate it and mm -hmm. drove all the way from here from different states. And it's, it's, this is what oh, yeah. BMX needs more of. And mm -hmm. I hope and I wish I could be involved in more of these and do more of these. Like, I'd rather, you know, let's say I have a $100,000 budget and I spend that on one event, I'd rather sure. do, you know, a fifty thousand dollar event and do five of these. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, like these these are cool, and we need to do more of these. I wish there was more, you know, companies and more people involved. And yeah, you know, these are awesome. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm doing my fifth year this year. Mine's got a different slant to it because it's always fundraising. Uh, but you know, even at my way, we'll get nine hundred people at an event. It's it's a little different than this because it's at a ski slope, so we you know we build a jump line and all, but. Uh, Basically, it, there's lots of jams going on, but Trey, Trey does such an awesome job, and then I try to do the best I can in July when I do mine. 
and people love it because it, it just hasn't it, he started his three years ago I think this will be my fifth year and people just are so grateful to have some kind of place to to join together raise hell ride yep. you know it's it's a good thing it's good and uh, thank you for supporting it because you have supported it and it's been a it's been a big deal not only do you do you guys donate but it it uh, adds a little more legitimacy to the whole thing and people are like whoa that's this for real you know what I mean so it's, it's good stuff thank you and thank you um, so Tom Johnson he wants to know who was your toughest amateur and pro uh, racer and who did you have the biggest rival with? Rivalry. Shoot, say. there's a few of them out there. Um, Adam McGuire was one of my, my good friends and obviously one of my toughest racers. Mm -hmm. He was on GT, right? Yeah, he was on GT. He was, you know, and we I trained with them for a few years and rode with them. Then he, uh -huh. he got on Gary Fisher too. He turned pro. Uh huh. Uh, Robert McPherson was another one. You know he mean? came out of nowhere. I mean, like, he was yeah, good. Yeah, well, he was good, then he but went away and came, came back. But came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Bogey Gibbons was fast. Yeah, so was, there's, there's I, a few kids that I, I I battled with, you know? I was like Bogey. Um, yeah, and then, um, obviously, you know, there's Greg Romero. Mm -hmm. You know, we, like... But, yeah, no, those were... You know, I didn't really have... I didn't really have any beef. I, I know there's one year, it was at Reno, where I wrecked John Whipperman, and all my friends were really pissed at me. I put him over the turn, the last turn, and... Almost hurt him pretty bad, and he was a California guy, right? Yeah, he was a California guy. He was actually on my team. You uh -huh. know, what I mean, we rode, we were friends. I just going into the second turn, somebody came inside and hit my foot, and my foot almost came off. My mm -hmm. pedal almost came off. I mean, my foot almost came out of my shoe, right, and right. he was behind me. I kept hearing the announcer make whipperman third, whipperman third, and or second, yeah. whatever. And I just assumed it was him, and then he passed me. And going into the last turn, I was like, you know, was that the excuse main? my language? Yeah, it was uh -huh. sixteen over open or something. I'm like, f you, and I just wrecked him. Uh -huh. And I remember everyone was mad at me, Ryan Johnson, uh -huh. the whole team, they were pushing me, getting mad at me, and I was like, man, I'm going to have to fight all these kids, this is not going to be uh -huh. good. And then they got an announcement that said, Jerry Batters is disqualified for the weekend, for action for in the, the turn. Weekend. Yeah, and right oh there I was God. like, "Wow." that's kind of when I learned, like, okay, Jerry, you really can't be this dirty no more. Like, yeah. you got to be a little, like... Leave that to top. Yeah, I, I T-boned, I'm not going to lie. I, I did a bad move, Joe. <laughs> I, I totally did it on purpose, I'm not going to lie. It was a bad move, bad call on my part, and I kind of yeah. was like... But like you said, you don't know until you do something. You're like, oh, this is the reaction I get. This is what happens. Like, Look at Supercross. Okay. Yeah. You know, exactly. yep. it happens a lot. It's a, it's usually a payback. Yeah. You do me, I'm going to do you. Like, yep. you expect it. It's coming back, you know. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, all right, so Grady Corbett. Uh, this guy's great. He's from New York. I think he's originally from West Coast. He wants to know any specific stories or meaningful wins at Nationals with stacked mains. Yeah, it's funny. I just watched a, a race with Vic Beam mm -hmm. last night. He was asking me about some races, and I showed him some. And uh, uh -huh. it was like when I was 20 years old. He goes, "It must have been you. Must have been 20, 17, 20 cruiser." And it was. I had like Corky Gangsford, Indy Lee. Um, who else was in there? Uh, Randy Stumphauser, Matt Ortwine. Like it was a gnarly was cruiser. It was it was a gnarly cruiser when I ended up winning. I'm like, man, I can't believe I was that fast, Jerry. But there's yeah. a few of them. Um, my my best memory was obviously '95 Bogota, Colombia. I won, you know, cruiser, and uh -huh. you know, I remember just drinking and partying that night. And then the next day, I was puking, and my dad being like, "See what you get, son. That's what you get, boy. <laughs> you know how it is. You, you won, so you just want to have a good time." And, was and he there? My dad yeah. was there, and he was excited. I was excited, but it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and yeah. that's 
you know, you don't have no regrets, but I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't drink as much. But definitely, yeah. it's one of those times you tell yourself at the toilet when you're throwing up, like, I'm never going to do this again. Oh, my God. How many of us have said that? Yeah, oh, but there's man. there's been a lot of races, you know, like mm-hmm. winning the number one factory title, you know, for Doc Jordan on Pro Cycles. And that yeah. 96 was definitely great beating the big wigs. You know, mm-hmm. so that was a moment. Um, you know, obviously winning the Worlds. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you had a world's title. I yeah, knew you yeah. had national titles. 95. Yeah, I got a few national titles. I also got, what, six or seven covers in my lifetime between, you know, really? Plus Snap, yeah, Ride, the NBL ABA paper. Yeah, yeah. So, and I also got two trading cards with Vans, like nice. 96, 97, yeah. So, um, That's cool. you know, there's a lot of good memories in, in my moment, and I don't hold back. Like, I, mm-hmm. I look at it, you know, I did one semester of college, and uh-huh. I feel like my parents basically put me through college. They, right. they sent me around the world riding a BMX bike, racing BMX, and look what it got me. It got me a job out of it, and, sure. you know, I, I turned into this BMX kid, and I, I know a lot now. You know, I know sports marketing. I know global marketing. I know mm-hmm. strategy. I know how to build keynotes. Like, everything I learned has been through Vans and right. doing the job I do, so definitely, I, I, I'm happy where I'm at today. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, and, it, and it seems to me you've become a pretty, pretty damn good, uh, what the hell? Is, a, that, is that the Jeep out in the weeds? out in the weeds right now. Oh, um, I was just uh, going to compliment you on multitasking because when you're in a job like yours, it's you're, you're trying to take care of a lot of stuff, and, and you guys have you have a full schedule, and obviously it's changing, but it wouldn't be changing if you weren't good at what you were doing already. So, so thanks, uh, Joe. No, I, I like I said, I like to be occupied, and the more things I have, the more busy I am, and you know, mm-hmm. it's it's it, it keeps me busy, it keeps me occupied, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, and that's awesome. Uh, I think I have the last two questions to go. Yep. Uh, Monrody, he wants to know <clears throat> worst crash or injury. Worst crash injury was uh, Kevin Tomko, 1999 March when he, you know, Monterey when I hit him and he ended up falling on my bike and breaking my leg. Oh yeah. There's another one. Deal. Yeah. And then there's another one when I was, uh, I think I was eight or nine, and these kids were jumping down this hill, going way further than me, and I told them I could beat them, and I ended up landing on the bottom, smashing my face, and. Uh, you still got the scar to show it, Joe. Uh, okay, nice. yep. I see so it look, those are two bad ones, yeah. A little crossbar hit. I've had, what, 16 uh, surgeries, and 14 of them have been because of BMX racing. One was high school football, and another one was I got beat up in juvenile hall, so. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, you're getting a little weathered, huh? Yeah, um, I'm starting to feel it, though, man. <laughs> the, my metal in me, I feel it when it's getting cold, and I'm starting to feel it, you know, starting to get, you know. Yeah, were we talking about that yesterday? Because no. I broke my leg first time. I got this man, this plate and screws, and it's not all the way healed yet, and it aches. Yeah, it aches. It, it aches, dude. Jeez. Uh, all right, uh, product sponsor. You were not stoked to run. That's, that could be a tricky one. Um, there wasn't really no product that I was stoked. I did you ride a hawk? Yeah, I rode a hawk. Time? I liked the hawk. The hawk was one of the best bikes I rode. It looked weird, but it, it just handled beautiful. Mm-hmm. The only only thing I didn't really like was uh, there was some Odyssey stuff I got paid to run. Mm-hmm. I remember it was a fork for cruiser. You've got to run a hub and handlebars, and it wasn't. I didn't really like it. It was heavy. Yeah. But it had good incentives and it paid well, so I did it. Yeah. But part of me looks back at it now like, why did I? But I, I did it for the money. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And it was heavy and I didn't really like the stuff, but it mm-hmm. it it paid good for for. It. But I only ran it on cruiser because I always got top three in cruiser. I didn't run it on twenty inch because uh-huh. this. But that was probably the only thing um, mm-hmm. I remember back in the day. Yeah, everything I if I wanted it, wanted it, I went and got it, or I rode for him, or, or got you know what I mean. It was mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But yeah, you know, I always bring two hats with me these interviews, and my other one is a uh, Odyssey hat. So well, I'm not wearing the Odyssey <laughs> hat right now. 
No, no. Odyssey's no, definitely new, changed around. Yeah. They were new they were in the yeah. Jim, new knows rad. Those guys are awesome. Jim and rad. Yeah. It was Turnell Henry was the one I was sponsored by. Oh yeah. Yeah, Turnell. Yep. And he was a like I said, it was a racing stuff, but now Odyssey's changed into a big freestyle you know component company. So it's rad. It, yeah. It's rad to see them change around. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they definitely get back a lot. Oh, they get back a lot. Yeah, so they're, they're great. Uh, all right, so we're gonna hit a quick. Uh, no, we did talk about that um, when Vans is bringing back the gravel shoe. Did we talk about that? No, uh, we kind of brought it. We're not bringing it back, but hopefully we could get a you know some more bike shoes in line. We definitely want to do like a, a mountain bike shoe that's more rubbery. Um, we did one in the past called the gravel. Okay. Um, it's just the rubber's really expensive now, mm-hmm. and you know obviously we need to get some numbers. Like yeah, you know I mean the numbers need to be there. But um, I know Scene is going to work on it. I know I'm helping them. But uh-huh. Hopefully down the road we could. We can get in the mountain bike and get a rubber and gravel shoe going. You know what I mean? I, I do hope that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that would be my dreams, but we'll right. see. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And that, and that question was from my camarada from Long Island. Um, we had talked yesterday real quick about a... Uh, this guy from England was talking about uh, quality. Okay. And I, I think you and I talked about it, and we can... Leave this in or out. It doesn't. It's. I'm not. I'm not hung up on it. Yeah, he probably he probably mentioned about the vans wearing down, but it's it it's wear and tear. You know, like Mm -hmm. you know we you know we make a lot of product, and I think it's less than one percent that our failure or mess up, which is really really good rate. Um, You know, obviously everything's not going to be perfect. You saw the guy on TV in college plays for Duke Zion Williams, Uh and he was playing basketball, and his whole Nike shoe blew apart. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, how in the world, you know, think about, I look back at that now, like, what would happen to the vans if you're run, X Games or doing some dirt contests and your your van yeah. shoe blew apart? It looked really bad on us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's, they're rubber shoes. They're going to wear and tear. Everything's not going to last forever. You uh-huh. know, and that's one thing kids need to understand. But go buy another shoe and see if it lasts as long as vans do. Yeah. So that's my statement. Yeah, and you know I was talking to Scene about it a bit. And for the millions and millions of shoes that you guys have out there, less than a 1% failure weight rate is is pretty darn good no it's way good and you know it sucks to have be the one that does get that screw up mm-hmm. but these shoes are you know i don't know if they're made by a machine or made by a man but it, you know you're gonna get everything's not perfect you know there's gonna get there's mm-hmm. gonna be some problems you know like your house is gonna leak sometimes yeah. like it's yeah you know, i mean it's it, it and it's the way it is like nothing lasts for 50 40 years but no obviously footwear goes on your feet and definitely you want to be comfortable yeah, yeah. You know i mean so yeah yeah and that that answers it i mean uh, this guy's in England as well, so I, I don't really think that makes a difference because same shoes distributed all over the world, right? So Yeah, but we got a little bit better with our shoes. We started listening to our consumer and customer, and they wanted shoes that can be in the weather, mm-hmm. and that's why we had these MTE shoes. Oh, so okay. this kid from New England, if he goes, he can find some MTE shoes, which are weatherproof. They're made for the weather. They're made for the rain, the snow. Uh-huh. Some of them have different tread on the bottom. It's a reverse waffle tread, mm-hmm. so they're made for walking in the weather because you know, don't get me wrong. You don't want to buy a pair of canvas when you're living in New England and it snows yeah. three months out of the year. So we yeah. we listened to our consumer and the our customer, and we started you know making our van shoes with DNA with these other stuff like MTE. They're you know waterproof. Like it's it's pretty rad. So would you order custom for that? They're Is online. That they you can it? do customs online because they have MTE customs now. But you can also go to a, a vault store. You can go online and like look for MTE shoes. They're called MTE. Gotcha. So they're all made for weather. They're made for different terrain. They're waterproof. Mm-hmm. They really do good in Europe. Right, right. And I've got some other ones, and I'll answer these people uh, directly talking to Scene because he's he's obviously more involved in the in the product end. So yep, yep. uh, Yeah, so it's uh, overwhelming positive stuff for for Vans. So uh, 
last thing I want to do is just talk about anyone that you want to thank or anything you have coming up that you'd really like to to push whatever uh, whatever's on your mind to close it out uh, I want to thank you Joe for letting me do this oh you're welcome um, thank you thank Vans for always supporting me and letting me do what I, what I do mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously and, and thank you know Steve Van Dorn and also um, you know Trey for putting on this event mm-hmm. and all these fans that have supported you know Vans supported BMX supported anything that Vans does and um, we'll be back here next year at Swamp Fest and we're going to have some fun things to do for all these kids and people out here. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout. Um, thanks for everything, guys, and see you out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jerry, and uh, thanks for doing everything you do. And congratulations on uh, your your own transformation. It's I think it's uh, it's something to be. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate for. it. You know, it's a it's a big deal. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and then get back home and hug those kids. Will do. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for everything. No problem. Thank you. Put that in on dogs. It was rough.